Welcome to another week of a TCP 217 and uh, actually some interesting stuff happened this week. And I believe we had some news kind of, I say news, it's like some more rumors, some more Halo rumors, some Kevin hit rumors, hard drop in pretty much as soon as the episode uploaded. So, you know, you're in the future, you're watching this from the future. You'll know that by the time that this episode has been dropped and you are currently listening to this live, there's been some probably huge Overwatch 2 news just randomly dropped while we were recording and uh, while or while we were uploading, because that probably happened. So let, let us know how that went. Very true. Please do. I think, you know, after cursing it, maybe, last episode, maybe, maybe insinuating that there was stuff to talk about when there really wasn't, we finally have things to talk about, and hopefully now... We will have more things to talk about. Again, like Avril said, you're in the future, so you let us know. Yeah, you already know. You've already heard. You've seen the new Overwatch 2 announcement that happened. Um, whoo, mm. Big Pog Champ, really cool stuff. Damn, we missed out on it, though. Oh, it's really unlucky, unfortunate. Um, don't know what it is. I'm sure it was good, though. I'm sure it was really good. I'm sure you will have enjoyed that. And we'll spend our next episode 218 covering this, this now news that has uh, dropped now a full week ago. Um, speaking of catching up on something, I think we talked about AOT last week, but maybe it's just a real short discussion on AOT just in terms of, yeah, I mean, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't watched the episode, you probably should. Mm. Uh, just like, fifth, I think I counted, I think I actually looked at it. 15 minutes of all our favorite characters sitting around a campfire, legitimately, 15 minutes. Out of a twenty-four episode, twenty-four minute episode, where there's an outro, there's no intro this time, so no rumbling, sadly. But uh, still, was an outro, which goes about a minute, maybe a minute and a half. So mm. fifteen minutes, just sitting around a campfire, hanging out, interesting, talking about stuff, politics. I think I think you kind of need to like explain the how the people come together when they had such obvious disagreements and like, I mean. They do killed each other's friends. What yeah. do you mean? Apparently, you just see Annie eating a pie, and that was enough. Yeah, totally. That, fine. Was, that was apparently enough. Yeah. So, hey, they just needed what they didn't have on the campfires. They just didn't have enough pies. Because mm-hmm. apparently, if you if you have some pies, then you can just write it. You can hand wave it away. It doesn't really matter. You're just like, oh, oh this time just, they all just love each other. This time they had stew, which, as we all yeah. know, is the great conjoiner of peoples <sighs> and ideas dude i was astral projecting when they actually had like a scorecard of the legendary school that she makes which is made of all kinds of random things they find on the floor like why is that information bro Come on. a lot of potatoes <laughs> a, a generous amount of potatoes. potatoes is what it said a generous amount um but the here's the uh, thing is it, it does the it does the the classic aot thing where at the end of the episode and this is by the way even before the preview, because they do a preview of the next episode. So mm. even before that, this is during the current episode itself, at the end of it, they do a bit of a, like foreshadowing, sneak peek kind of thing, where they're setting up for the action that will happen next episode, where they're like, oh my god, we have to go to the port, and we have to steal the... What's that flying boat thing you know what I'm talking about? It's the, it's the, it's the plane that you can land on water. What is that? You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm. I think I know a seaplane. A seaplane. A seaplane. Is that what it is? It's a seaplane, right? Um, 
anyway, they're, they're trying to steal, they're trying to do something. They're trying to steal a plane. They're trying to steal a boat. They're trying to steal some shit from, from the hangar in the port. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you see like, oh, but all the Jaegerists, they're, they're guarding the port. And then boom, the episode ends. So really it was just like a 20 something minute tease. Yeah. Sit by the campfire, listen to a bit of back and forth. It's been, God, how many episodes has it been now since the big PogChamp episode? From you, 2000 years was episode 80. It's now been four episodes of just kind of tying yeah. up loose ends, doing the side quests, yeah. um, riding on your horse while all the Titans in the background casually mm-hmm. telling your life stories. Um, Checking out on what Connie's mum is up to again, tying up another side quest. It's been four episodes of that. I feel like they should have probably, like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, you should have probably gotten Levi, like, sort of regenerating out of the way in the first one of those beach episodes, just so I, I can believe that he has recovered by the time he inevitably will go nuts. Like, hey, hey Joe, Yiska thinks Levi's going to recover. That's quite funny. We don't know. God damn it. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe he doesn't have to. Maybe you just tighten him and feed him like Falco or something. Like <laughs> now you're now I'm I'm liking where you're headed. Now this could be some I feel like just snack like some army, dude. Be... Just snack just snack on him. Is that just just nibble on him. Do we know how much of, of a person needs to be eaten in order to Subject the like transfer the Titan power. Not a clue. All of it, surely. All of I it. Every last drop. Yeah. Oh, really? You better not. You better not hope there's a random finger or a, a toe missing, because then you don't get the powers, right? Yeah. You're like, damn it, didn't get the full powers. I don't think you see. Um, I had like a, a percentage in mind. It was just like, yeah, you probably just need to consume like most of them. But so if it wasn't gone, what what if they have dandruff? You're fucking weird. <laughs> you don't get the powers. You have to collect all the individuals. Yeah. You have to go find all of their um, skin Adam's, cells scattered yes, in the wind. Yeah. Yep. Every bizarre, look, bizarre people, man. People, what is it? You like the how much? I'll look it up. What is the average amount of hair that someone loses in a day? And you, then you gotta go. You know when you have like some some like seeds left on your um okay. on your plate, and you go like like this. Pick it up, just make it a little, you know. Gross. That's that's what you're I gonna do. In in to get Titan powers. Fifty to hundred hairs a day is apparently how many uh, you lose on average. I feel like it depends on how much hairs. Reddit you read. Um. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I lose a lot more than that if I read Reddit. If I open Reddit any particular day, I lose maybe twice as much. It also, um, yeah, it depends on how sensitive your health follicles are to testosterone, right, Joe? <laughs> Guilty as charged. Not too much testosterone. You know, that's what it is. Sounds uh, like that. Whatever, whatever helps me sleep at night. It is. It's like, you know, if, you, if you're missing a hair follicle, sorry, you don't get to... You're missing a strand of hair, you don't get the full time powers. You got to... Mm-hmm. Every bit. Every little bit. Can't waste it. Um, but you know, here's the other thing as well. It, I, I know AOT episodes are short, but this is how I knew this time it was really short. <sighs> you know how, like, you know... I don't know about you guys. My my sort of habit is okay. I'll watch some AOT today. Usually, it's about the perfect length. You know, 
I'm going to eat some food, watch some AOT. That's going to be a decent part of my day. The episode ended and I hadn't finished my food. I'm like, bro, this episode was short. I'm yeah. like still eating. I'm like, bro, I got to watch something else now. This is crazy. Like, how did yeah. the episode end before I'm done eating? That's that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That's also my like content requiring brain. I, I don't know if I have talked about it on podcasts, but like I need a lot of like information density in my life. I will listen to podcasts in the Shocking. in the theater on 1.5x if if the movie's not good enough. So like you watching anime the theater, but you don't you don't do that. No, I I still like I enjoy the social experience of talking to my friends about the movie uh, after and that's You like, didn't watch the movie. You can't well, talk I about it. Nah. Like you can infer everything. Like basically what I do is within fifteen minutes fifteen minutes of the setup, you already know the entire plot of every oh, Hollywood movie anyway. Really? Yeah. Is that so? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's kind of almost like what I do, you little No, shit. you do it with fucking entire shows. You're like, you're, you're like, oh my god, Aaron's mother was snacked? Okay, I guess he's going to <laughs> come up with this intricate plan of time travel. Oh, no, that's not how it works. <clears throat> no, but oh, like, I feel like um, like some, some movies are definitely uh, better like worth pay, yeah. paying more attention to or whatever but like yeah mm. like you you gotta you gotta give me something to stick to but like that's why anime and eating is a goated combination because eating already takes like some bandwidth like it gets rid of some boredom and then you watch anime and the problem with anime is you can't do anything else um then watch anime because you gotta read the subtitles which makes one an agonizing experience because most anime don't have the information bandwidth required per second, right? So if you then eat, that's pretty much the only time I can watch anime, really, realistically. I think you should just tell the cinema to play the movie at 1.5. I unironically do, and I've never watched privately a Netflix show under 1.5. It's impossible for me. I don't know how you guys do it. You, I feel like that's the most German thing you've ever said. That's the most ADHD thing you've ever said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like everything is so like drawn out and like the information densities. I don't know. Like it, it feels like there's so much more expose needed. For, I don't know who they're pandering to or like it's almost like you're <laughs> enough, enough of an idiot to think that a color commentator would... Uh, Required to explain ability. <laughs> Kaz is an inside joke. <laughs> um, Shut up. <laughs> um, God, you're insufferable. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it, it is the 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 way things are being tied up. I f felt like Attack on Titan specifically had pretty big novelty per second. G generally, it's just dragging at the moment, dude. Ha. Oh. It's yeah, saving. They're saving it's, budget. Yeah. They're saving 100%. budget. So this episode would have been one of their cheapest episodes ever because, again, they spent 15 minutes in the same location doing the same thing. Oh, and one of the dudes was asleep on a cart and didn't do anything for, like, 99% of the whole episode. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine, like... This is how you know they're gearing up. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how, how deep I want to get into territory of... Uh, I don't know if it's I could call it potential spoiler territory, but you know what I mean. It's like because mm -hmm. I've heard I've, when I when I when you 
look up how animation works and stuff like this. You can expect that something is coming because they've they've had now four episodes of just waiting, yes. setting up, talking around the bonfire, and doing anything except the thing that we want them to do, which is where the fuck is Aaron? What's going yeah, on? The rumbling. The why are we eat? Why are we having soup instead of chasing after him? You know, feels like they're already too late. How many days in in? I was gonna say in game in. Yeah, that's true. Show has it been? That's How many weird. Days it been? Feels yeah. like it's been Good at least one. two, has it not? Yeah, because they had one night and then the yeah. morning where they went to uh, Regako Village. I don't know if that's how you say it, and um, with the whole Connie Mum thing. And then now we have another night, and now they're waking up and they're about to go to the port. So it's been, this is like the third day now, because day if we do rumbling is day one, they've already had two nights since then. Yeah. It's now day three. Aaron's two days ahead. It's fully yeah. two days ahead. It's not just- Oh, by the way, how fun was it, like, where Connie took off immediately with Falco and we're headed towards the village, and then, like, Armin and Kobe, just, you know, casually, just like, yeah, we'll just take a night off and just chill and wait until morning to go, and they still caught up. How? Yeah. They they themselves were about half a day behind. Mm-hmm. And they still caught up. The the thing is what? Did, didn't you explain to me that it takes only 14 days for the Titans to like rumble everything? 13 mathematically. Good. But the, but the problem with that math is like while the math is correct in you know in a literal sense, I don't know if Isayama follows that because right. he just kind of makes stuff up because in his writing the the characters keep mentioning millions of you know wall titans but it's hard to know whether that's actually what Yusuyama is saying is like no there are actually millions of them or whether that's what the characters are saying because right. they're not actually informed mm-hmm. because i mean the it's... maths and i believe it was about half a minute about five hundred thousand titans is how many you could fit in total mathematically within all three walls and their little nipples that they have on, right. the, on the different Compass points. I mean, but um, even in the Joe most the Spotify list is Joe smirked at that. <laughs> in even the most conservative estimations, like a considerable amount of people of the world population has died by now, right? That's the assumption that I have to make <laughs> at this point. If we if we're going off the maths of how long it would take, yeah, three out of thirteen days. And so yeah, you know, we're like a quarter in, almost a quarter in. Aren't they on like Madagascar? But reverse flipped, isn't that where Paradis? So. Um, yeah, so so Africa is done yeah, um, at this point, like half done. So for those people that didn't realize, this might Yusko might have just said something that blew your mind. But I I assume if you're still listening to this part of the podcast, you you're, you're somewhat caught up. But if you look at the map that they show you in either the manga or the anime, when they actually they they show you the map of the world or the map of like where they they are in the world it literally is africa flipped upside down so take that same map that screenshot flip it up upside down vertically and you'll see that it's it's literally africa madagascar so yeah yeah that's where they are yeah so so you have to assume like some people died already off the rumbling and they're oh. just like oh, they have to. They have oh to. but the stew is hitting right just right just right but at I this point. You this. I promise you this, Jessica. That's not how Isayama writes it. Because yeah. this is what's going to happen. Is 
they'll do all the bullshit, they'll finish drinking and eating their stew. Do you drink or eat a stew? That's also one of life's big big questions. A bit of both. Um, do you use a fork or a spoon to eat or drink a stew? See what I mean? It's really hard Spork. to uh, to decide. But what's going to happen is this is not me. Sport, this is just this is me in the mind of Isayama. It's, it's again hard to say this because I actually do know what happens. But <laughs> the way he writes would be like they go to the port, they they get whatever they're looking for, they start chasing after Aaron, and then they magically catch up to him before yep. Aaron even makes landfall, just magically. Just the same really? way Armin magically, Armin the power magically, of heroism. Armin magically catches up to Connie despite being half a day's horse ride behind him. Mm. Like there's no, that's like shouldn't be possible. Like it literally is not possible. Connie has been riding a horse for half a day longer than you are. That's you can't catch him. You simply but, cannot catch him. But he did. Okay, I almost want to be spoiled on this, but is the assumption really that they're not off the island yet? Who's not off the island? Like Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. They are. They're supposed to be. Yeah. They're fucking three days so. ahead. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, how's that's impossible? That, that's impossible and to me titans, in my mind. And the titans move at a speed. I can't remember what speed it was. Someone worked it out. What? What speed? Do someone? Um. That's gotta someone, be dude. Like calculated the gait of like the pacing of what a normal human being would walk at mm. and just upscaled it to like, if you were a 50 meter 50 tall meter. Titan right. and like, at what speed would you be walking at if you did that? Right. Um, I'm reading so someone says 50. I thought it was 50 miles per hour is what I saw. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I remember the, the guy who did the math did work it out. It's something like that. It's something like 50 miles an hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not super fast, but it's also not slow. I mean, these guys, these times are just walking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's something steadily. And we have to imagine they're not sleeping. They're just, they're just going 24 7. They're just constantly moving 24 7. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They haven't stopped yet, which means you are very far behind if you're still fucking around having soup. Bro, even just three days, like. Imagine how much, how far you already are. Like you're, of course, like there's some water. I believe that you probably also like whatever mode of transportation they will choose. If they're walking underwater or if they're swimming or whatever, like that might slow them down. They absolutely, in my mind, have touched the other continent and just like start stepping on people at this point. That's, I, I don't know, by the, by, by everything pointed out to me by this anime, and I, I'd be very disappointed by the storytelling if that wasn't to be the case. When, like, it feels like it's already happening, and we're only like fine tuning or like trying to, um, to to sort of prevent further harm, not really provide uh, like to protect the world from any harm. I think that right. has to be considered over by this point yeah. already. You like the the way that they're messaging and the way that they're talking. It feels like there already has been damage done. You're trying right. to you know stop further damage than prevent all of it. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Without you know spoiling what happens, would agree. Also, would be disappointed. Um, and and I guess to the whole like stew eating, I feel like this is just like it. it it's both like a budget strategy and also kind of just part of the way Isayama writes is like you I think in one instance and I'm and I'm not criticizing either of you but if if we're going to celebrate him for like 
really tying up all of the ends and and being very coherent in maybe coherent strong word um with the ability to try to wrap up every kind of plot thread and question and like answering all of those things you kind of need these you kind of need those those you know annie episodes you need those connie episodes they do feel like an ass pull sometimes because it is just like oh cool annie's just here eating pie sick and we move on um <clears throat> but yeah the only the only one they needed was the annie I, I don't think they needed anything else everything else could have been handled after the fact um no one cared like there's i appreciate the meticulousness of him wanting mm-hmm. to tie everything up so that everyone's like oh I'm ready to leave the island then, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to ask, like, but is it good for the audience? Is this like a good reading or watching experience for the audience? True. Yeah. And it's just not. It's just not. Because mm. you've you've now had this like big climax, and now we're just hitting a hard trough. And it's a four episode long trough as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's bad. Like it's not good when you have something like this. Um and get so much you just don't need. Like, do we did we really need the whole Connie Falco thing. I feel like that could have been skipped. Did we, and you know, you just complain about this one, or did we really need the whole, uh, the rest of the Titans attacking the people? Eh. I mean, if you wanted to do a thing, what you, I, you I could to, agree with that. I could agree with that. If like, you, you could kill to, those uh, off screen, if you want to, if you want, if you, because they, they need a way to capture Yelena, right? So I, I guess they needed to do something where they could get Yelena and she was stuck there, but they could have sped that up. They, they could have entirely. Mm-hmm. just you know skipped past so much of that and just like time skip it i don't know just time skip it like sure, oh yeah. de- like they go towards it and then like nick shows like oh just rubbing the sweat off like oh that was quite tough but we killed right. all the titans and here we go done um do we really need to watch that fight all over again i don't know there's just a lot of bs and then like a lot of fat they could have trimmed out oh uh, agreed agreed so and so uh, i looked at the thing the math the guy who did the math this is one calculation. These other people have done different calculations. This person's calculation, he had the Titans moving at 80 miles per hour. For his calculation, for 13 days, he, he calculated 80 miles per hour for the Titans mm. to move at. So, and that's probably quite fast. So that means, but also like make, like you imagine a 15 meter tall Titan, maybe, maybe, you know, you can get some good pace in there. That's yeah. some big long legs. There's yeah. some good yeah. pace. So be hard to catch up to that. I mean, how, how fast is a horse? Horse speed. Not anyone know? I'm googling. So, it. Are we talking yes. top speed or are we talking like just like a gallop? At, or what's it? What's it called in English? Okay, we got. I have a top. I have a top and average here. Gallop guess, like, is. 50? Someone said like on this website it says gallop, twenty five to thirty miles per hour, Damn. canter at ten to seventeen, trot at eight miles per hour, and walk at four point three. I'm not a horse person, so maybe I'm not like exactly right. Here we go. Famous horse breeds top speed. American Quarter, 45 to 55 miles per hour. This is a championship horse or something. Right. Famous Wait. horse breed top speed. I, are uh, they really going to go after them on horse and not like one of the flying machines? That's That was my assumption. They're what just I'm going saying to, is like I, to, yeah, to even begin chasing after them, you're, you're, they're on horseback. What flying machine? Do they have one left? I don't know. I, I assume they just n- try to get someone somewhere and like travel like at least twice. They had the speed. one. 
They had one. Yeah. Well, they had, you're talking about the blimp. They had one blimp. Yeah. They attacked. Um, what's it called? They attacked Marley with that blimp. I don't know what happened to the blimp though. Did they? Did they still have that? I mean, the 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 uh, commander uh, arrived with one, right? No. Magath, yeah. yeah. And then and then the rest of his force retreated with whatever remained mm. of those blimps. So a lot of them got blown up, by the way, and then right. the rest retreated. Yeah. So that was just my assumption. <laughs> I didn't even really <laughs> think about it. Really. Eric just said something funny. We're 25 min minutes in, and this AOT recap is longer than the actual episode. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Okay, that well, funny. what are the, let me let me ask this. What are the chances we're going to Game of Thrones this season final? No, I don't. I, I, I think it gets it will get better. It is yeah, actually it, it does get better, but it does. Okay. It, like he's been pretty I think the studio in general has been very like um they've stuck to the manga very diligently for the most part. I think you have to make some concessions, but well they actually the skipped part... they skipped one thing. Unless I'm stupid, they actually skipped one thing. You know how during the whole campfire, um uh -huh. Joe might not know because you, you only barely watched it, but during the whole campfire, Hanji's like, Yeah, well we actually lived in Mali for a little while. Mm -hmm. Like that that footage was in that that's in the manga. Yeah. A whole like period of time they lived in Mali amongst the Malians. Oh, right. And I'm not talking about like Aaron being the wounded soldier. That's I'm talking about like the the general right. scouts unit. They all went together to Mali mm. and lived there. Yeah. It's not a spoiler because Hanji just said it this last yes, episode. Yes, yes, yes. But that that was in the that was shown in the manga. Mm. That's not just like some story she told. They like there was a chapter devoted to that. Well, you saw what they did during that time. We haven't done that yet in the anime. Yeah. Mm. They need another episode just to show that. Really? Do so, you think so? They will show that? If they want to stay true to the manga, yeah, they got to show that. Oh my yeah. god. So that's like... that's, that's got to be another at least half episode. At minimum half episode yeah. dedicated. I think they just skipped it now. That feels like what, ha I think what happened. They, I think it's one of those concessions. It's an odd concession just because it is so like involved in the story. Um, or is at least pivotal to like some of these characters where it's like, yeah, did we need to kill those titans? Mm -hmm. I, I think I think they need to show it though because there are some interesting things that happen during that. Let's call, it, let's call it a flashback. There are yeah. interesting things that happen during that, which are, in my opinion, somewhat important to the story. So, and, and it's not unheard of to have like studios like reorder how things happen in those chapters. So it yeah, could be coming in a later that. episode. They've so. already reordered some stuff this entire season that I've noticed. Yep. So yeah, yeah. It, I I expect it to still come through. My point, my greater point is to finish up this topic is that we're not going to finish the season uh with yeah. the end of the manga the man end of the manga the end of the season are not going to they're not going to align you they are not there are only 3 episodes left the next episode is devoted to them attacking the port the harbor which only leaves two more episodes i already said that one of them needs to be the flashback which leaves one last episode where i guess they fuck around and try and catch up to Aaron. And boom, that's end of the season. Yep. And then there's a whole, might as well have a whole new season after. That's why the rumor is that there's going to be, be a movie. There's going to have to be because there's a, there's like a, a big chunk of stuff that actually happens after that. And then they, they've actually run out of episodes to do that now. This, you're not going to finish the, uh, the manga within the scope of the season anymore. And that's, and that's why I feel so strongly that it can't be Game of Thrones. Again, I did not see Game of Thrones. I really can't comment on it. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, I know that like it is 
it is very vehemently disliked by like almost anybody that I talk to. Like it is, it is like a very much a valley into like the end of the show, right? Like you end what on is, a very low note. Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones ends on a Complete low note, and people are very me. upset with that. One hundred percent. Well, it's it's just sped up. It's I'm sure it would have been fine. Sure. If they spread that ending out, I'm not. We're not going to turn this into a Game of Thrones discussion. I'm just saying this one yeah. piece, and then I'm leaving it. But I'm sure it would have been fine if they just dedicated more episodes to it, or maybe another season to it. But Dan and Dan were done. They it was D and D and D. Dan and Dan done. Uh, they didn't want to do any more Game of Thrones, and so they just like they sped that motherfucker up and just. Mm put it into the sixth gear and be like what is the fastest way we can finish this entire story and just did that that's why yeah. it was so shitty yeah yeah i i really don't think that attack on titan could go that way if it is a movie i'm even more excited just from knowing like what or how the show ends i would love to see him uh, we talked about this prior to the show but i would love to see a movie budget thrown at that like you know break out the fucking gold bars let's open up fort knox and just give this show like the ending it deserves and like the most you know, theatrical but way you can. Like, how how good are you at keeping secrets that a giant production of a movie that would have to come out, like, within a month of the last episode airing, right? Uh, what if it doesn't? It doesn't. It, yeah, it's not going it, what to. If it takes, what if it takes fucking forever? Yeah, it's going to take forever <laughs> to get it done. This, this is worse. Not- when they, it depends on when they worked on it. Like, Bro, sure. that, that have- would be... That would be fucking Isayama's JR J, uh, JR Martin mo- <laughs> moment. Nah, bro. Well, at least, much, at least Isayama finished Winds of Fucking Winter. All right, mm. and I hope a spring. At least Isayama did that. And actually, finished his source material. I'm reading. George the manga, ain't even then. done that yet. George hasn't even done that. Yeah. So I'm reading the manga. I don't care. You're not going not to leave yet. me on the cliffhanger for two season. years. Finish, Finish the season, season and yeah. then read the manga. Yeah. I'll even tell you what chapter to start from. I don't know. I feel like there's one or two options. I don't. Th- I can't see they like they let the audience just like hang on a cliffhanger without like a satisfying ending. So either we're going to meet in two weeks' time, and you guys are going to be very mad at how badly they butchered the ending, like leaving out a ton of nuance, or <laughs> like I'm going to be butt mad about like a movie not coming out and. It it would be it would be I, I can't say worse than Game of Thrones because I don't have the proper context to gauge how bad that was. But you would need copious amounts of like Ritalin, perhaps recreational drug use to try and speed through the rest of this show. There is so much that happens that you cannot finish and, it in three episodes. It just and, isn't going to happen. And the other thing is they've set no precedent no. to try and speed through because you don't spend a full episode, the one that we just watched, yep. 15 minutes of 24 minutes around a fucking campfire. Slowest episode, I think, of the entire series, maybe. And then, like, oh, shit, we only have three left. And you're doing, like, this high school college cram thing. We're like, i got a test tomorrow in seven hours. I ain't sleeping. We're cramming, fellas. That's, there's, no, there's no precedent set for that. Like, if, you were gonna, if your plan was to finish the whole story in this season... You, you cannot spend an yeah. episode sitting around a bonfire for 15 minutes. It just can't happen. You you have to actually plan the shit properly to finish within the, uh, you know, within the season. And I think, like, if you were really, it would have been possible if you were really, like, sped, sped up the entire way through. If you had a consistent speed up the entire yeah. way through, you just, like, ran through the whole thing, then, yeah, we could be there by now. But uh, it probably would have been 
a little bit unsatisfying because it would have skipped a lot, I feel. Okay, mm. so yep. so maybe this helps you guys uh, decide what is happening. The, the okay. last stream and remaining episode titles are known. Okay. The, okay. Next, <laughs> the next one is called Traitor. The one after uh -huh. is called Retrospective. Oh, here, there it is. Yeah, there it is. There it is. And then? And then the last one is The Dawn of Humanity. Yeah, okay. So I already know, I, I basically know how they've... Uh, you already know what I think the next two episodes are. I, I basically said it. Yeah. It, they do the whole harbor thing, and then retrospective, oh, I wonder what that is. Mm. Oh, I do wonder. It's almost yeah, like yeah. I talked about a flashback. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I do okay, that makes what sense. About. <laughs> and they're just going to entrench why, why like, the uh, Eldian soldiers are going to come around and, like, form these relationships with Malains and, like, realize that genocide is wrong, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they've already done that. Like, that, that was that was the campfire. That was, that was the campfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, like, th I guess like the 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 way we, in which Hanji came to that realization is I that what explained. Yes, that's that's what's going to be explained I emotionally. I guess. No, Probably. I don't think they will. I think the okay. retrospective is about some different stuff. Okay. Um, that that I won't spoil because I think you you want to watch mm -hmm. that for the first because time. Because that like that I wouldn't need. I already believe you that the like meeting people and making relationships there is going to make you care about the rest of humanity. Like they, if that was about that was what the res retrospective was about, you could have cut that. I wouldn't have cared, right? Mm. Um, but if it has additional content that brings the story further forward, like I'm looking forward to it. I was just like scared that every character was going to have their own like under. Undercover story, like um, like forming relationships with, with Mar uh, Marlene's, where they realize, okay, they're also humans and like with very similar problems, and it's all politics. And let's like now save humanity, or whatever. Through the experience, I don't need to know that. Like that's that's already like very. The retrospective obvious. episode is important to the story. Okay. I will okay. say, okay, okay, it is important to the story, and you'll you'll see why when you watch it. Mm. Um, because it has some shit to do with Aaron, obviously. So that's 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 right. why it's important. Is that where <laughs> we we will find out the? I I think you mentioned like a, that we will get a an explanation as to why the rumbling was the only inevitable like seemed inevitable to Aaron. Is that going to be the episode where? Kind it's, of, it, it's it's his it's his yeah. You'll see his mental moment. justification all all sorts of different stuff. Basically, it's the backstory of like how Aaron ended up as wounded soldier Aaron. And Mali in the first place, right? right? It's kind of, it kind of leads up to that a little bit, right? Uh, in in some ways, so that's okay. we're we're filling in the missing pieces a little bit there with that episode. Makes sense, okay? Because because for for people that watch the season, it's like he just magically teleported to Mali, yeah, yeah. right? And it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, well, uh, it might if you just have a creative mind, yeah. but uh, in my mind, it was you know, just like use, he's you have to use your imagination, like oh, he's just there. But um, no, there's an explanation of how like that all unfolded, so you do get to see okay. that, which is quite cool. Okay. Yeah, in my mind, it was just oh. like infiltration, trying to like come up with a with a uh, pl plausible story in order to infiltrate. Probably wanting to see his grandpa, um, and like just like trying to figure out everyone's uh, like movements through that way, and then also befriending um, one of the nine, right? In some way. That's that was my idea in why he went there. And yeah, that's a hole, but I didn't consider it like worthy of filling. I guess. Oh, well, that out of the way. 
That's uh, that's it. That's the whole podcast. I think. Is there anything else to talk about? <laughs> like a little thirty minutes of. Animates. I think it was more than that. It felt like forty minutes. But, uh, <sighs> Maybe. In any case, it's a, it's a it's a long discussion for mm. for an episode that didn't have a lot in it. Yeah, Jesus Christ, more than nothing. We're better. like um, we're like one of those YouTubers that will somehow make a ten minute video out of six seconds of footage. We just did that, but with the AOT episode, we just did it right now live. <laughs> so well done, guys. Well done. We know how to squeeze the content. Episode two hundred seventeen. Brought to you by Battlecrab, Refine Bean, Bronzebot, Buha, Chari, Prophet Picasso, Chris R3444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkchop, Sammy, Frank Zang, Sagurth, a lot of Velomel, Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. Shout out to Jeff Bayer again for translating the last episode. Shout out to you. Um, find you. yourself another podcast that has a 40 minute intro before sure. they even start the podcast. Crazy, isn't it? Wild. Based. So now that that's done, we still have to do the whole three hour podcast. It's going to be a three hour, 40 minute podcast, is what we're doing today. <laughs> And hopefully the podcast lasts so long that when whatever Overwatch news drops, we're going to react to it live, live being live for us right now in real time. You're seeing this mm. in the future, obviously, because we'll have extended the episode long enough that the uh, whatever <laughs> announcement might actually come out. There might be a, She's might into be a whole it. thing. That. Um, yeah. So the first big thing that's uh, kind of got announced, this, this is a two-part of these are linked. Why don't we do this in chronological order, actually? Uh, it was reported a week ago, and I think this happened the same day as our recording was going live, etc. Exodo.com um, mm. by, uh, by, by Halo sources, Overwatch League recruits Brad Ross from NBA 2K League as new operations lead. So without reading the full article, you can check that out, guys, if you want. Again, head it over to Dexodo in the Overwatch section. Um, Brad Ross was otherwise known as pure with three y's is a person that's actually been around esports for a very long time um if you're like a real old school guy like me who played tf2 he was like a top player in tf2 very well known extremely well respected and um definitely a personality and a figurehead in tf2 so we're going way back now obviously as with everyone that did anything in tf2 Pretty much everyone moved over from TF2 into Overwatch. He was doing stuff in Overwatch. He was part of Splice um, in Overwatch, which is probably the most worthwhile sort of endeavor that he had in Overwatch at the time. He was part of Splice. And he also, uh, I believe, is a co-founder of Triumph. You might know, you know, Triumph, uh, they had a tier two team in Overwatch for a while as well. I think Triumph also competed in other games and do other things. And then most recently... Brad was the league op league operations lead for the NBA 2K League, which if you're not too sure what the NBA 2K League is, is basically NBA, which you know is the Professional Basketball uh, Association mm -hmm. in North America, the biggest one. You, you know what the NBA... I don't know why I just explained the NBA. You know what the NBA is. Come on. I'm ridiculous if you don't know what the NBA is. Um, they have an esports league, which is essentially a mirror of their NBA Basketball League, where the same, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to try and misquote this, but if I'm not mistaken, the same teams uh, in the NBA also kind of have their own 2K team, the esports team, for example. Golden State Warriors have Warriors Gaming. Um, and fun fact as well, Golden State Warriors also have Golden Guardians in, in the LCS, so they're actually pretty invested in esports as a whole. But Lakers have the Lakers Gaming, for example, at Lakers Gaming in in Twitter. And that's the LA Lakers esports team for the NBA 2K. 
and it's franchise obviously because it's based on the NBA franchises and they play they play the NBA 2K video game as their esport which is essentially just a mirror of again the NBA so basically they're just playing digital NBA is what it is mm-hmm. so that's what the NBA 2K league is and Brad was league operations manager for that which is a pretty big role and, you know you anything in league ops for those that don't know is like you're managing the rule set, you're managing an admin team, you could be managing how the schedule looks and the overall format. Um, basically, anything that falls under operations, which is a lot of shit, is within his wheelhouse. So he's mm. been now recruited from that into the Overwatch League, and I believe doing the same role. So if you guys remember back in the day, well, not that back, not that far back in the day, but Adam Mears, who left and left Overwatch League, he was kind of doing League Operations. So his role now has basically been kind of replaced by Brad Ross. If you remember as well, Packing 10 got recruited by the Overwatch League as well for doing League Ops. So Packing 10 will be working underneath Brad Ross in the League Operations team, and Brad Ross will be leading that operations team from now on. Yeah. And, appara- and apparently, real quick, because I've been speaking for a while now, I know. John Spector also worked on NBA 2K League operations before Nate brought him over to Overwatch League. So there's been a distinct link between the NBA 2K League and Overwatch League for some time now, which is quite interesting. That's nice. Some good people, it sounds like. I mean, it seems fine enough. Um, it's tough to kind of gauge operational moves like that. I don't know. Yes, kid, did you? Um, I would say just like from having interacted with Pure before and... Like, mm-hmm. also, like, I think he has kept in touch with um, Overwatch. Most of, like, the big stories, so to speak. And um, maybe also out of personal interest, maybe already, like, gouging uh, career opportunities there. That's a good question. But um, I think someone who pl- played or attempted to play professionally probably cares about the game to... A decent degree, degree. Yeah. Um, and from all I've heard, of course, like, um, it's it's hard to judge someone's competence at their job having never seen them do the job. Um, but from all I've heard from behind the scenes type of stuff, this is a W in terms of like, um, <laughs> what he brings to the league. I also <laughs> think that someone with a player perspective generally in these positions has an advantage of getting it right in the sense of what people like us and, I mean, you listeners will also think of as being uh, the right approach. So while while also still, of course, um, looking after company interests to the degree that both uh, find workable solutions. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I think generally speaking, this is a pretty big W. Um, I think, in from what I understand, he will be uh, pa- Packing's boss. Yeah, in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about um the company in, uh, that is picking up production in a bit. But I guess what like the the type of like head cinema that we all had when we heard this uh, initially that like. Overwatch League was going to give up all operations and outsource all of the production or like operations is now sort of proven wrong, even though, I mean, we kind of guessed that much uh, by the pickups that they've made. 
And generally speaking, so far from the operational side, it mm. like for for people with interests like ours, this worked really well. We're getting some endemic talent in there when like mm -hmm. people before were completely out of touch with these solutions. And I'm sorry, but like your experience from other sectors are not going to be um, of much value in esports. Generally speaking, yeah. and I mean this absolutely, esports content creation and gaming content creation is already of a higher, more adapted quality than sports is to the demographic that we're appealing to. We're not learning much additional stuff from from seasoned veterans just because like user behavior in a in a in an era of unlimited accessibility of um entertainment like it's just a completely different environment the entrenchment of sports in in general culture makes it way easier to come up with um with formats and products in comparison to what what it what happens in esports? We even like our our ancillary or like connected communities are now sort of cannibalizing upon our audience, and we gotta figure out entertainment all the new just because like streaming is uh, emitting such a pressure on onto uh, esports once again, right? So we gotta in innovate more. Like that, legitimately. Like for instance, take G four, right? A a show like G4 with the same level of adaptability towards a sports audience or a general general entertainment audience would probably work pretty well. It doesn't work in esports to that degree. Like their their viewership is not sustainable at this point in time, right? Like they have like 20k views probably average on their YouTube videos. Of course, they're streaming on a bunch of platforms and their monetization schemes are not well known to me. But I assume given that they are pivoting uh, at a rapid pace that they also realize that they haven't found the full um, rate of adaptability that they will need in order to be uh, successful in esports. It is way harder. Everyone's way better at this. I'm sorry. Even like you, you look at the, like for instance presenters or like some shoutcasters. They are not not better. Like play by plays or whatever that is in the equivalent of in, in regular sports, then someone like Sadokis. There just isn't. Right? Like, the talent level is just, like, peak. Ba basically, all that you... But maybe maybe we could do better in pa uh, punditry. I think that is a fair uh, assessment, but most of it also needs some time to build up the character and, like, get everyone in on the joke of, of the Stephen A. Smith type of thing. But everything else, <coughs> for all I care, we're already well, way more well adapted and skilled at entertaining that uh, demographic than whatever outside world is. Joe, did we already get your thoughts? Or... <coughs> I mean, I, I really don't have much to say. I think Yiska's comments definitely give more uh, confidence to me, at least, um, knowing that. There are people moving into this. Obviously, yes, I I know Pure's name. I don't know like what he did with Splice. I, I it's tough for me to really grasp at that. Hearing that this feels like a W from the inside is is great. I am I'm definitely one to push for endemic talent moving upwards if they you know have that, that mm. you know uh, want or desire to do that. That's great. Um, 
I'm kind of execution focused. I want to see what this looks like. I want to yeah. see, you know, pen to paper. If it's a great, then cool, sweet, awesome. It's, so it's operational. It's tough. I, I have a bit more, bit more context. I can maybe explain a bit more into why I think it's a W. I'm one of the people that is saying it's a W, by the way. So when anyone's like, oh, internally, people saying it's a w, I'm one of the people internally saying it's a W. Mm -hmm. So to explain why I think it's a W. First of all, I, I actually know Peel. I've talked to him. Um, we know each other. Um, and I actually also forgot, by the way, he, he at one stage coached uh, GG Esports Academy, which was the Houston right. Outlaws Academy team before optic blew up you know gg esports died because of the whole optic situation back in the day and then they sold the houston outlaws to uh the mortals who sold it to beasley right so that that whole thing happened and then and then pure left overwatch uh after gg esports and then went on to do triumph and then nba 2k my point is working for nba 2k and just working for the nba in general is a big deal now, I, I have to debunk something and I have to speak towards a fan narrative that I really despise and I don't want to crush and just kind of stamp out immediately. I've seen some comments on the internet. You know, I, I don't need to get specific. I don't need to tell you where it was Reddit. Um, <laughs> where, <laughs> of course it was, um, where people were like, oh, he's from NBA 2K. Well, is that a successful esport? It doesn't need to be. Why is that like the sticking point? Why is like comparing their viewership or their popularity like the point that you can't mentally get past? Mm. You, I'm talking to you, Mr. Redditor. Why is that the thing you can't mentally get past? As if like someone's ability to do a job is like, you know, like that has been impacted. Like that, that for, for, for some reason, um, is nullified by viewership. It's not his. It's not Brad's fucking fault. What whatever the viewership is, he's just doing the league operations. It's if you want to know if he did league operations properly, ask the people who played in the fucking league yeah. and the players who were in that league all said great things about him. He's got a great reputation in his in the NBA Two K League. Yeah, people. If you, here's how you would know if he did a shit job is if people complain, oh, this is a bad format. Why are we doing this? Why is the scheduling looking like this is such an unfair schedule? Here's competitive integrity issues. This team's getting advantages. We're getting screwed over by, you know, the schedule. Blah 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 blah. If those things are happening, then Brad, Brad did a bad job. But as far as as far as I'm aware, as far as we can tell, none of that. That was all good. You know, the players, no complaints. At least that not, not that I can see. I can't see any. So show me if there is. I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll take a second look at it. But from what I can gather, he did a good job in terms of his particular. He's not in charge of the fucking viewership. But, so I don't know why you're using that as like something to bring him down. It just doesn't even make sense to me. It's 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 especially hilarious because like on one hand everyone's like yeah uh, I mean every like, everyone in Overwatch League is kind of screwed over by the game being shit and like having no new content and then turn around go mm -hmm. like. Ha! Low viewership on NBA 2K. Like, come on, man. Like, is it not obviously tied to the game more so than anything else? Isn't that the highest order, like, impact of everything? And, like, do we not feel the impact of that viscerally, like, for the last couple of years? And now this is... I don't know. Like, the, the, once again, I'm as just... Avril explained, it's, it's not even his job to bring the viewership. And... Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's just an unreasonable criteria to judge him off. Yeah. What What the fuck does was the popularity of the league got to do with his role? Nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blame the marketing team if you want. Yeah. Blame yeah. whatever fucking 
promotion, PR, you name it. Blame all that bullshit. If you're the league, op- you're doing operations, it's got nothing to do with you. That's as long good. as your league functions and and the players enjoy and the teams are happy because they don't feel like they're getting fucked over, that's all, that's all that matters. Let's, right? let's be perfectly honest. The NBA 2K League, much like the FIFA League, is just like boomers not understanding esports and only wanting yeah. to support sports esports that will never be mm. as successful as far as I'm, I'm concerned. It's just... It's like, just like a token, like, oh, esports? Well, we'll do an esports. It's like a token gesture doing esports. It's the same as what Formula One does. If you don't know, Formula One have their own esports league as well. It's like a digital Formula One where, much like the exact same thing we see in NBA and FIFA, it's the same franchise teams in the Formula yeah. One, the same yeah. 10 teams. They have 10 franchise teams, digital versions, esports, e-versions yeah. of their teams in the digital realm where they sign two drivers and they you you literally race for Ferrari and fucking Mercedes in this digital F1 league because it's owned by the same ownership group. It's the traditional boomer sports saying we want to dip our toes in esports and then they do that thing. And I mean, the prop, the reason why it's not popular, is, again, it's got nothing to do with the people managing the mm-hmm. league operations. The reason it's not popular is because if you are a traditional sports viewer of either football, uh, basketball, or Formula One, why the fuck would you ever watch this eSport when you can just watch the real sport, right? And if you are an eSports person, if you're an endemic eSports person who likes gaming, you're just going to watch Counter-Strike. Yeah. Or Overwatch. Or League of Legends. You have no reason, unless you're like a diehard FIFA, NBA, Formula One, you don't have a lot of reasons. So it doesn't, these sports leagues, unfortunately, don't really cater to anyone. But also, those teams are fucking rich as motherfuckers. Ferrari's just got infinite amounts of money. It it doesn't even Mm. matter to them. Like running a sport, esports team, drop on the bucket. They don't care. LA Lakers don't give a fuck. They spend, bro, bro, the entire salary of the LA Lakers digital team, plus coaches, plus staff. That entire salary probably doesn't even compare to a single player on the actual NBA LA Lakers team. Not even no, a single not one. Close. No, not even close. Not close no. So it is literally a drop in the bucket. Are they are they losing money? Probably, but it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. So keep, keep in mind, if anything, the fact that this entire league was so stacked, and to a degree the Overwatch League as well, even though not to the same degree, I would argue, that actually speaks towards the um the experience that Pure has had with like high stakes team owners right and like yeah, finding 100%. finding like a Fran- middle ground franchises. yeah finding like a middle ground solution i guess like in the overwatch league we have to fairly say like we have a bunch of sports owners so i mean yep. it, it is pretty much the same even though yes we have a lot of endemic orcs that are very clearly smaller right like teams mm-hmm. like you know uh like the toronto defiant with oam or like um are clearly immortals. not just say immortals just say immortals immortals like uh with the valiant are clearly not comparable to like the size that craft would be like craft sports mm-hmm. right even though boston spends very little money anyway i'm not right. really into that but <laughs> craft has a lot of money it's not he's not putting into esports he's just no but existing. Do, do you definitely notice a diff like when you communicate with boston and want something officially done you send an email to a patriots email mm-hmm. right yeah, that's the difference, and you will be like be the procedure will be very professional, right? While mm-hmm. like for other team orgs, and by the way, I'm not making a qualitative judgment. I think both of that works um, in in some regard, or 
works feasibly. I, I have no preference to towards uh, any side. But if I want anything done with, let's say, uh, the Florida Mayhem, then I'm just reaching out to the people in charge directly, right? Um, and I I feel like that those are very different uh, experiences, just like endemic and uh, non-endemic owners. And I think that someone that has coached for an organization, has played for an organization, has managed like big sports franchises, that's just the type of experience that they're looking for. And I, I feel like he was highly qualified for... Uh, founded an org himself, not a huge one, but has at least done mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Knows what it's about. Which one was it? Seems like a pretty smart guy. This is, this is one of the this is, yeah try, this is one of the best people we could have gotten hundred yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Trust me when I said this. this is one of the best people we could have mm -hmm. gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's like the other pretty... thing. He, he if you do this job that he did mm -hmm. in the NBA 2K League, guess who you guess who hires you? Guess who you're working for? Your paycheck comes from the literal NBA, mm -hmm. the real NBA, not not ESL, not face it. Not blast, not an esports organization from the NBA. You get paid by the NBA. You are hired by the N fucking BA. Right? And I know a lot of you are like fucking 12 and you Zoomers. You don't know anything about traditional sports. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's like you're, you're literally being hired by the NFL or some shit. You know? You're literally being hired by the Formula One. You're literally being hired by like the, the, the big dog, the proper, the, the big money, the big traditional sports brand nba global brand michael jordan yeah fuck i don't need to do i need to say more that's the that's who i do you yeah, for the fucking nba like it's that's, a, that's a big a sign small, of trust it's not a small thing and you are yeah. and like this was saying you're dealing with teams franchise teams who are owned by big nba fucking teams like la lakers and golden state warriors and all that okay these are not mm -hmm. small organizations these are like craft level organizations across the board yeah. People, yeah. people, people, these, these fucking pundits on Reddit have no fucking clue. Please shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of hilarious having this conversation and, and gassing pure up when Arnold is like tweeting about like these internal communications about hotel rooms and booking and, and whatnot. It's just like, yeah, it to, seems like we need a, fair, a smart person up there. To be fair, that was from Arnold. Even admitted it's from. Like, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check sure. out uh, Arnold's Twitter. He's the uh, he's the Gen G big boss, Soul Dynasty. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's talking about a situation from a while back, and like one hundred percent. This is back in the day when you've had non-endemic people. You've had a lot of mm -hmm. old traditional. I just spent a lot of time saying like, oh, big traditional sports NBA. But you, when you have people that have only done that and they're not yes. rooted in endemic esports you have a problem because they don't they're like 40 50 years old no i'm trying try to be ageist about it but you know they they don't they don't unplugged they don't they know, know esports they touch too much grass if, if you understand yes. that right there's there's zoomers that have never touched grass like literal zero grass touching and then there's 50 year old 60 year old boomers that have only ever touched grass and they don't know how a mouse works so mm. you, you have the the polar opposite both are bad you want to be somewhere in the middle yeah okay touch a bit of grass Touch a bit of mouse. Don't do one way too much over the other and don't you know, sure. completely ignore one at all. Balance. Do a little bit of both. So what I'm saying is like you want someone that has actually endemic experience in esports, knows what they're doing in esports, it's been a player, it's been a coach, been an org founder, he's managed a franchise, esports league, 
from the fucking NBA again. Like, it blows my mind that he actually worked for the NBA. And I talked to him like, dude, you're working for the NBA. That's crazy. So the fact that he would leave employment from the NBA to come to Overwatch League actually says a lot. Mm-hmm. Not, not about the NBA. It says a lot about us. It says a lot about how much, how much faith he has in us and in, in, in Overwatch that he wants to do that. Because, yep. hey, maybe the NBA League doesn't have the best viewership. He's still being paid by the NBA. And mm-hmm. I don't see that league disappearing anytime soon because it just it's just an accessory to the NBA. They don't really care. Yeah. They care a bit about it, but it's not. They, they will never care about it anyway. Close so much as, as much as they care about the NBA. It just it's a thing. That it, what is what is that like motorbike you have and there's a little like cabin next to it? There's own wheel and you ride along. That's what the NBA 2K league is. To the the NBA. sidecar, a little yeah. sidecar. That's what it is. So, yep. you know, <laughs> that's all. That, it, it's and it's gonna keep it's gonna keep being the sidecar to the NBA. It'll keep trucking along and you can have a. Mm-hmm. Long career working for the NBA if you want, but he chooses to come to work for us instead. I think that's a sign of good faith. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah. It's uh it's a sign of growth to Arnold's, you know, comment. Um it, we're we're getting more and more people up there. Yes, the hotel fiasco happened earlier on and they've made improvements per his per his tweet, but it's dude. It's it's a sign of improvement. If you ever wanted like tangible proof yeah. that we're getting more and more people in that actually know what they're doing, this would be one of those. You know, I'd be concerned if that signals. Arnold story happened like last year. Yes, yes. But that's we've when we've improved way. We've come a long yeah. way since then. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny story from like yonks ago from Eon's past. Mm. Right. So it's like it's funny, but it's not relevant anymore. I'm not saying Arnold shouldn't have said it. It's a funny story, but. I'm saying like you, no one should ever look at that and use that as like any no. relevant evidence against the league currently and how we currently operate. It's not just simply isn't true. Also, so. also real talk, if we're actually getting more homestands and if we're actually traveling more, we will all need all the operations management and like eyes of competitive Ontario yeah. that we we need. Because I tell you that much, there were a couple of like. Um, teams that weren't too happy with whatever was provided like in the first homestands that we had and mm. like that's why we always rang the alarm bells about the ability of t- Overwatch League teams to travel because like if you're sitting there and you like have to scr- split scrim blocks uh, and only get like two hours of practice, effective practice in a week where I think like recently there was even um, a picture posted of the Atlanta rain like um, a little bus, you know that was oh, the little truck that they had. Yeah, that yeah. was supposed to drive around the country and like have their mobile practice uh, unit in there with a bunch of PCs and like uh, chairs and uh, and and like desks. Mm-hmm. So they had a mobile practice <laughs> unit. Tall bus. Yeah, you show me. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You got to show me that. Actually, I didn't see that. Yeah, they basically oh, had that bus. one. I think like uh, Packing talked about like having uh, internet cafes very close to their hotels, always like pre-booked. Like teams definitely had to make up for whatever was provided there. And then I imagine, especially if you're a team from outside, if you don't necessarily get help from the host, you're on your ass trying to find effective practice. Yep. yep. Last thing I'll say about this is before we move on to Dome Productions, which is what the, the chronologically what it leads into, and it's also linked to a little bit of pure, um, is that he's, again, reminded, he's also working with Packing 10, who's working underneath him, um, and you all, you already know who Packing 10 is, so, I mean, he's he's one of the lads, he's 
trustworthy. Um, he knows his shit. He's been he's literally been in the Overwatch League. Um, he led a pretty a contextually pretty successful LA Valiant team in uh twenty twenty. So mm. Uh, not that, not that I think, not that the success of the team or lack thereof would have any impact on, you know, would have any say as to how good he would be at league operations. So maybe that's not really a good point to bring up because certainly uh, helps. I, I think if he, I think if he lost, I don't think that would matter anyway. But yeah, you're yeah. right; it does help. Uh, my greater point is, I think, Packing is a pretty trustworthy person. I think has mm. a lot of experience and knowledge uh, of of Overwatch and Overwatch League, and someone that you can trust to do a good job and you combine with pure and whatever, whoever else is going to be in the league management league operations team. Um, I got a lot of faith. So dome productions, that was the other leak slash insider report thing that came out. This one's from Kevin hit. Now, if you um, remember in the Kevin hit saga in the sort of Kevin hit cinematic universe, we talked about all the prequel <laughs> movies already where, you know, he was saying, Okay, then I believe there is uh there's sources say that there is um third party operations coming in to handle the Overwatch League, similar to what uh, CDL is doing with Esports Engine coming in. That was a report that we actually talked about on a previous podcast episode some time ago now. Can't remember what which episode that was, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Kevin Head has now followed that up with basically saying that the production company has been acquired or has been you know the deal has been the deal is done uh Mm. activision the 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 title says sources activision hires dome productions to handle overwatch league uh dome productions was not a company that i personally knew of i picked (laughs) them up as well but um they i have to i'm gonna go to the twitter account so i can make sure i got this done properly so they are based out of canada and they have supplied digital broadcast facilities to CFL, MLB, NBA, C, NCNA, NHL, CTV, ESPN, Foxy Sports, Much Music, Oprah, Sportsnet, TSN Sports, TVA Sports, and RDS. So it's a bunch of mainstream traditional sports stuff. Includes NBA. And actually, I believe someone actually mentioned this as well. It not only included NBA, but also included NBA 2K. Uh, and if you actually go on to their Twitter, in a recent tweet, they have a tweet about NBA 2K season four, so uh, and it says hashtag Dome Productions. So that that's so therefore into esports has been NBA 2K. So that's kind of where the link is. I think we have to assume on some level that Dome is linked to Pure and is linked to you know the whole this thread of Overwatch League connecting to the NBA 2K. This entire thread it's of us not not in terms of we're not working i don't think overwatch league is working with nba 2k it's more so that you know uh, dare i say overwatch league has kind of poached some stuff from them uh, i don't know if dome will still be doing nba 2k maybe i'm sure they're a big enough company they can they know what they can handle but we've definitely poached pure from them and now we're taking we're taking or at least using utilizing their production partner as well um and again been some comments out there where I think people are maybe confused about what this means, what they will be doing, and yeah. how they will be operating in the space. Mm. And I think it's pretty clear right now, and this is Yiska mentioned this uh, briefly as well, just in passing as we were chatting here, that due to the fact that the Overwatch League has already hired people in league operations roles, Dome Productions is not touching league ops. They're not touching admining. They're not touching how the, they're not touching the rules they're not touching the schedule they're not touching any of the operation side 
as far as we can tell, this is the this is the this is the time when I have to say I'm speculating again. The disclaimer mm-hmm. I put out there is this is my speculation, is that Dome Productions is just doing production. That's it. Yeah. They're handling the camera stuff, they're handling, you know, the broadcast side of things in terms of you <laughs> the the actual execution of the broadcast and putting it out into the world. Um, and I actually have to say as well, probably one of the big things that I assume they will be handling is live production in venue because there is talk about homestands. Um, mm. Is Battle of Texas meant to be a homestand? I think it is. Is that correct? You guys? Sounds about. I mean, I would imagine yeah? so. I think didn't uh, didn't Houston say they were going to have? They either root, they either hinted at. I or think they tweeted about it. Yeah, they, 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 are, had... they are hinting at doing yeah. a live event for the Battle of Texas or something, right? Anyway, even if even if it's not that, even if it's, if it's not going to be that, they're still going to be the slated live events that was announced um in well, it's about episode or two that. again yeah. you know a couple episodes again uh, behind us now where we talked about um the league schedule and what that kind of means and um the fact that they are planning on doing two international events and then two regional events per region or oh, sorry the international events would cover both regions obviously so two regional events per region and then two overall international events for the mid-season whatever competition and then the the end of year playoffs and I assume that Dome will handle a lot of that, similar to what Esports Engine did, where they handle a lot of the in-person live venue stuff, because that's where Blizzard and Overwatch League need help. Because I don't, I don't know what the capability is for Blizzard to do a lot of that kind of stuff. And you can hire your own people to do that, or you could just hire an entire company that knows what the fuck they're doing, and they mm-hmm. can just do it for you, which also makes a lot of sense, um, because. I think hiring in-house to do that doesn't make a lot of sense if you're not doing that many events. Um, and we have, and they don't might be doing. Let's just start with four because I don't I don't know if we are going to have homestands or how many homestands. So mm-hmm. we'll just start with what we know: two regional events in NA plus two international events. It's likely don't handle those four at a at a baseline. Yep. So if you if if you're only going to do just those four, maybe a few more, you're not hiring in-house for that. Actually, makes more sense to hire third party, right? Mm. Am I am I wrong? Like, does it make doesn't it make more sense to do third party? So, there's more comments on the dreaded website or Reddit where it's like, oh, this is clearly a bad sign for the Overwatch League. They're handing out, you know, they're they're using third parties. Oh my god, this is so bad. Why? Why is it so bad? Tell me. Why? Do you, yeah. Why is it bad? It, it, it makes, it's just it makes it makes a fuck ton of sense. They would do this. Why wouldn't we do this? It feels like such a weird, like, optic thing, and and maybe you two can correct me if I'm wrong, but the homestands previously were all, like, team-fronted, right? Like, the teams had to figure out who was running the production, they had to get, like, their own production team going, figure this all out ahead of, like, the 2020 I season, I can't where this was fair enough. Even even hypothetically saying that's the case, like, that's a lot for just, like, 20 teams to figure out for their own home region. Um, having this subsidized by the league probably makes a lot more sense um especially moving forward post covid um i think what people are knee-jerk reacting to is the fact that they just don't know who this is which i can sympathize with but until you see them or if you're not actually going to put in any legwork then you really don't get to judge them no it's it's reddit knee-jerking again yeah it's just classic reddit knee-jerk I don't understand what is happening. 
Therefore, yes. I will assume the worst and, and kick myself in the fucking face because I knee jerk that hard. Is what they <laughs> much. Yeah, I mean, it's just a couple, like, like, I'm not even. It is expected for there to be weird opinions and unresearchable opinions. What really, like, concerns me always is the upvotes because, like, I, A, it's hard to quantify. Like, if, if, if an, a comment has, like, plus 50, does that mean 50 people agree? Or does that mean <laughs> 500 or 1,000 people agree, uh, but 950 disagree, right? It's like, what's, what is the mm. participation on these opinions? Yeah. And because, like, you know, like a post that maybe 100 people have seen and it's, like, it's at plus 10, I don't mm. mind that too much, right? But, like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sort by controversial, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I'm willing to just see what happens with Dome. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not backing Dome the same way I'm backing Pure because I actually know Pure. I don't know Dome. I'm just saying that to me, Dome are not coming in and dictating how the fucking league is being run. They're not changing the rules. No. Right? They're not deciding. They're not coming in and be like, yeah, maybe we should play 6v6. That's not happening. Yep. Dome are just, they're fucking operating the cameras mm -hmm. and sending the feed to YouTube and doing some, the live venue stuff. I'm generalizing. I'm generalizing hardcore here. There's probably way more stuff that sure. I'm not talking about, but you know, I'm being trying to make it digestible here, guys. Um, so, and and I mean, they're they're well vetted. I mean, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, they've done so many MLB, NBA, NHL. That's like three out of four of the top sports leagues in the United States. The only one they haven't done is NFL. If they've done that. They've done the the quad factor of traditional yeah. sports. They've got three out of the four. Like fuck me. That's a that's a if they only had those three and nothing else, I'd still be like, damn, that's a pretty impressive portfolio. You know what I'm saying? Like, Is there anything to say? I mean, obviously we don't know how Pure and, or if Pure and uh, Dome Interactive are connected in some way. Obviously they worked in this, you know, a similar space. Um, but is there anything to the idea that maybe he helped push that deal along to say, hey, look, like, I know you guys want to go with me. You know, I'm maybe along in the interview process. I would definitely look at these guys. I would trust them. I've worked with them. Is there any kind um, of not package deal? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm yeah. saying is maybe he helped to vet that process. Well, let's be let's be very clear. Let's let's put the foot in the let's put the line in the sand. It's definitely not a package deal. Second, sure, one hundred percent. Not 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 that I think you said that, but just I know some fan might making it very clear. Um, yeah. So the second point would be, you know, could he have influence? I think he could could potentially have influence, but I think that, again, I think speculation. Mm -hmm. The influence probably stops at you could take a look at Dome. Right. right? Okay. And that's about it. Cause and you know, maybe, maybe it's you can take a look at Dome. I trust him. We worked with them in NBA 2K. They're good. Right? That's mm -hmm. probably where it ends. Yeah. There's not much more involved in that. There's no right. further incentive for someone like Pure to help bring Dome into the fold. It's not like he's a, it's not like he's a fucking part owner of dome he's not he, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to my knowledge he doesn't have shares in dome right it does there's no like ulterior motive there 100 um, yeah i'm sure the process goes that there's multiple different partners that blizzard could have chosen to uh run production for the overwatch league and dome was one of them and they ended up settling on dome because i have to imagine blizzard felt like this was the best option mm. um and Again, we're saying the, the pure dome connection is there. 
and the NBA 2K connection. I don't maybe maybe even the John Spector connection could still be there because he's possibly yeah he's been he's been with Makes NBA sense. 2K. So he, you know, I don't know how long Dome have been doing NBA 2K. If it's the True. entire True. time, then maybe John even knows them. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, all I gotta say is I think there's a lot of dooming about this for some reason. I, I don't yeah. get it. I think the dooming comes from a fear of the unknown. We yes. don't know who Dome are, therefore. Me scared, hide under blanket, and hold the cross out and be and do yeah. that. You know? <laughs> I think we'll all be with you with the pitchforks and the torches if this turns out to be a shit show. Sure, However, you have to give up one hundred percent. I'll be up, up, up in arms with you, but you can't just like chastise them before they even actually do anything. Much like we can't chastise Pure before he actually gets there and gets in and does anything, anyways. Right? Like. You have to give people the benefit of the doubt just because they come from, in your eyes, a subjective view, a, a, a lesser esport. It, it doesn't matter. We need good people in the front office to improve our esport. And if they're moving upwards, you know these 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 people have to be gate kept somehow. So somebody somebody's making those decisions. These are these are good endemic people. If we're going to criticize ourselves for being too traditional, this is the proper course of action. It's also. If I'm being honest, right? Like, this is already, like, in, in the relevance part of my brain, it's like, we already had a pretty good league experience last year, right? Like, the, the league mm-hmm. did a, about as well as they could have with uh, sure. the state of the game, right? Yeah. Everything that happens there, like, is a marginal imp- improvement towards, like, my enjoyment and is dwarfed by whatever is going to turn out as, as Overwatch 2 comes yes. in and whatever that is. Like, it is almost impossible for it to move the needle more than single-digit mm-hmm. percent uh, on the extra experience. So I really don't care that much. Like, yeah. as long as these people get out of the way and, like, n- not make it worse and then, I mean, expectedly probably improve the experience mm. even further. Like, it's all good with me. It's, it, but it's it's unlikely that I will be able to bring myself to care, or that these people will, like, come to the forefront of my mind once we start the season, just because the topic of Overwatch Two will be so huge and will determine yeah. discourse for, like, at least the first half of the season. Oh, yeah. I I gotta debunk one more thing because I know this is gonna come up. If anyone thinks that, like, oh. Me- some sports boomers are going to be observing Overwatch 2 now. They've already started rehiring yeah, some, no, of the that's not happening. Some, yeah. some of the observer team from last year. Yeah. So and good people uh, are staying as well. So someone, yes. some of the, someone that I that I know, uh, Obs Diva, who actually did some work on uh, APAC as well. So if you if you're not aware, the Obs team and Overwatch they get assigned or they choose. Uh, I was going to say call sign. It kind of is like a call sign. They choose a hero that represents that they just basically choose a hero. So you've seen Obs, Obs Winston, Obs Diva, Obs Moira, Obs blah, 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 hero. Different, all these different heroes. They're all these, those are the observer stuff. And Obs Diva's been rehired. Uh, Obs Moira got offered, but um, I think Moira chose not to come back for a particular reason. That's fine. You know, that's their choice. Um, but the point is, the league is going back and getting the same observer, observing talent. So it's yeah, not yeah. like Dome Productions yes. are handling that. They're not... Which, by the way, is important. Some, yeah. It's not going to be some 60-year-old camera operator that Dome goes, oh, hey, would you like to observe Overwatch yeah. 2? 
That's not happening, guys. It's not happening. We're getting we're getting the same observing team again. Don't worry about that. I was um, concerned initially as well, but uh, sure. Yeah, that's not happening. Concern is one thing. Knee jerking and coming to like assumptions and dooming and and trying to put that like vitriol into the community is completely different. It's dooming without context that I'm annoyed by. Yeah, it's like it's, if you got a doom, if you got a doom, like actually know something, actually like have some knowledge. Yeah. Or just like, or just don't, because you're dooming with zero context. Like you don't actually know mm. what's going on. Learn the Socratic method, really. Just like ask questions <laughs> instead of like making declarative statements that just like send me. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Like if you don't know, just like ask. Just say like, "Hey, I'm not too sure. Is this a good thing? Is a bad thing? Do we let's talk about it? Don't just like, don't just be like, oh, this is definitely bad. Like, why? How do you know that? I, mm-hmm. Are you I, fucking in the league? Do you do you know that? Like what? Shut up. Come on. And I promise you, the people that actually matter will notice that to be a signal of like a quality thinker rather than making declarative statements. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So yeah, that's uh but again, I don't know Dome personally, which is why I'm just willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying they will be good, I'm not saying they will be bad. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to assume they will just be bad. I'm going to, based on their credentials, assume, well, they got to know what the fuck they're doing if they've worked for Oprah, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Like, you don't get to do those things if you're, like, a failure. The only mm-hmm. things that might be weird, and I think my, my only critique is that there will perhaps be some teething issues um, if, sure. you know, if they're not... Like, when I say teething issues, I'm talking about day one stuff. Week one yes. stuff where, you know... They're still feeling it out. They're not. They maybe not not familiar with the show's flow, or yeah. maybe there's some problem. Actually, if there's teething issues, it might actually even be. You could even potentially blame Overwatch Two and the client if it's not stable mm. and it causes crashes, sure. there's bugs that cause problems. For sure. I mean, Dome can't do anything about that. Yeah. I'm sure they're gonna cop flack anyway. People are like, oh, Overwatch One production. It's like, bro, the game's bugged. What do you want? Yeah. That could easily happen. Um. So. Who knows? There could be there could be some issues in the in the first week that dome are gonna have to try and fix. Listen, uh, as long as we don't get an NASL sound guy, I'm good with that. Shout out to the real ones who know what that is about. Yeah, so, I don't even. Christ. I don't. I'm not a real one, so I'll have to explain that <laughs> that's, one that's later. fucking rolled. Um, cool. So I'm happy with that. Any any further discussion on? I mean, that was, this was probably our big topic for the week. Is any further discussion mm-hmm. on on either dome or pure? I, I I would just echo exactly what you guys just said. Listen, guys, it's not that big of a deal. This really isn't going to change things. And come on, give them the benefit of the doubt. If they fail, great. Then we can roast them. Oh, yeah, Until I'm then, shut now. the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, some other things that happened. And also some things that will happen. Uh, we might as well do... Might also do the roster stuff now because we'll we'll do it in chronological order. Stuff that has happened, stuff that is currently happening, the stuff that will happen. So something that's currently happening is there was a rumor recently. Uh, this is another Halo of Thoughts thought mm. where Halo of Thoughts is thinking and he's he's come up with this thought that says that Sashin is now rumored to be signing with the Valiant. Wu Hiel is going to be transferring to a full-time coaching role instead of being the team's player assistant coach, which means mm. uh, before this report, it was either assumed or it was implied that Wu Hell was going to be both a player and an assistant coach at the same time, kind of like what Jake was doing last year. Yeah. 
Whereas now the report is saying, the update of the report is saying, well, yeah, it's just going to be a coach and Sashin is going to come in. If you don't remember Sashin, he was the Hangzhou Spark off tank from 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are surprised by this because Sashin hasn't really done anything in a while. I didn't, he definitely didn't play in contenders. I didn't see him in contenders. I didn't. I don't really see it. I don't really watch anything or keep up beyond contenders. If you're in tier three or below, I apologize. But look, there's too much Overwatch at that yes. stage. Doing tier one and tier two is enough. Um, so I don't know if Sashin's really done any Overwatch, and now he's apparently coming back. And even when he was on Hangzhou, I think mm-hmm. most people thought he was just like an okay player. He was like an average player, maybe yeah. even below average. This he his career I feel like is the epitome of like peaking in like elementary school, right? Like he was somebody that like started as a DPS player that like kind of looked like on the fringe of being good and then just kind of never really did much of anything, which maybe initially sparks some concern when you look at the Valiant and you know where you know we have kind of placed them and where maybe their uh, expectation or potential leads. Um. But I, I do tend to side with, I believe it was McGravy on Twitter who who was like, look, like you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I trust in the coaching staff to make right decisions and then also flame them for signing somebody who hasn't played in a year. Like, yes, that is concerning, yeah. but sh- that kind of has to at least somewhat balance out with any kind of trust that you put in this coaching staff, right? Like, No Hill has a lot of success scouting players. He has a lot of success leading them to success. It, it is. It would be strange. It would be surprising to see Sashin come in after a year of maybe being absent from the professional like limelight and be entirely amazingly successful. But if there was a team to do it, it would probably be somebody like No Hill, somebody like Krusty, somebody who has this coaching pedigree to say, "Look, I know that you have these setbacks. I know you haven't necessarily been given the proper chance. Here's the chance that you have. Here's the team that I've established. I think you're a great fit." That has to even out. Yeah, I think um, I think th- Sashin's problem always. Okay, I recall that the team I think had better win rate with when Sashin played, even though he was seemingly the worst player in comparison to Ria, if I'm not mistaken. Sashin was like a pretty decent Genji. I remember. Mm-hmm. I think Sashin's issue why. He's not held in high regard. Is this guy just chose the wrong role to swap to? Yes. Which was yes. why not go main tank? You could have been Django before Django was Django, <laughs> right? Like, and he still might be. Maybe that's what he spent the year doing. I mean, I don't know. And like now, that's sort of the same role, right? Like, right. the problem is you're still competing with a role that's just like disgustingly stacked in inherent talent of uh, of that role. Right, I think like in my mind, it's always like um, flex DPS is probably the most stacked role, like the hyper flex. That those guys are just like the best stacked at Overwatch. In terms of talent or in talent. like breadth of players. Okay. Um, and then if you if you go, then I would even say that probably off tank is a more stacked role than flex DPS. Uh, flex su- support. Support. Yeah. I think, like, if I, I will say, there are more flexible players than off tank players this season, though. Yeah. Right, but if if you think about like, just go down the list of like flex tanks you really consider sure. really really good, like good to great yeah. to best. 
there's more names you could mention and more teams have them, then that is true for flex support, I think. Where it's like, mm. if you think about, um, like, even someone like Punk is really good, right? Yeah. He's a really good player, but he's probably only average in his role. If that. Right? Because, what is that? Who else is there? There's Hanbin, there's Void, there is, like, um, uh, come on, Fury, there is, like, you, then you even have like guys this. like with with like we've had island episode. savant yeah. like abilities like um piggy who's like a nutsy mm. then you have hawk then you have like like all these guys that are legitimately like considered to be great talents at their role mm -hmm. like for all we we care like hawk in other roles with the same performance last year probably would have been in a discussion of uh like a role star somewhere that just doesn't happen because you have like legitimate gold candidates. I forgot Choi, of course. Um, like that, they just is space. Certainly would be counted there. Look, don't put the put the weakness of my how I phrased that argument towards like the <laughs> validity because what I should have done is had a little scorecard here where I had seven of those top tier names and should have just like ran them down because that's legitimately what off tank is, right? Like. Um, yes. Like even, I, let's say this: someone like Meko on any other role other than flex DPS would probably still be in the league because he would be good enough to still be in the league, right? Um, but now it's too stacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't say that I agree. Semantically, I can't agree, but. Uh, I, I agree in the sentiment that it is a role that doesn't get a lot of love and has some incredible talent in it. I don't think it's too far behind flex support personally, but yes, I think that if you were, if Sashin were to go back and like choose a better role, maybe I think just inherently looking at it that way, maybe touches on what no hill sees in him, right? You take this kind of mechanically gifted, somewhat DPS player, you move him into, you know, he moves himself rather into being a flex tank and mm. kind of vanishes from the public spotlight. Comes in your trials, looks pretty good. You know, he, he's been role fluid before. Why can, you know, why wouldn't that necessarily transition in Overwatch 2? Why not take a, a calculated gamble with this new game? It is, it, is still, it is still a player that like, Definitely hasn't been around in a while. Um, where I mean, it's a gamble. It will still be a gamble at the end of the day. Um, I have to think as well. Like I, in my mind, who was were there better options for the tank position that's within No Hill's reach? And I mean, do the answer is obviously there are better. You like Sato is still out in the open, but Sato might not be willing to play for Valiant, right? Is what I'm saying. So when I say within sure. No Hill's reach, meaning a player that is both mm -hmm. good and available, and also willing to play for Valiant for whatever they're willing to pay that person. Yep. Um, and I mean, based on that, I don't know, like, you know, Gargoyle's there, but I think it's heavily rumored that Gargoyle, Gargoyle probably, well, it's not heavily rumored, but you can make some assumption to say that there's a good chance Kuki just brings Gargoyle in for New York because they still need a second tank Probably. and they need six players. Yeah. Um, we do know that when I say we do know, I think there's a there's a very reasonable assumption to make 
that mm. No Hill will get another tank player because Wu Kiel is apparently not playing the team. He's going to be coaching. Yeah. Which means they're still missing a tank player. Mm-hmm. Are you really going to bank your entire season on Session? Yeah. I think which that's is a bit that, I think that's that a is lot an to odd ask. bet. It's and very... I, I hands in the air at that point when I go and I look at Valiant and I go, all right, No Hill. Like this I'd is rather... this is make or break. You know, make could make a play for two you even like somebody sure. anyone. Game sure. I don't know. Like there's there's definitely more options, uh, and that's just in the off tank. I mean, there's still main tanks mm-hmm. that they can make a play for. You know, Dream is still LFT. Yep. Among's LFT. I think that's a big one actually because he's a Chinese player, and this is one of the few places that he could go. Takayaki's probably probably LFT. <laughs> you know, it, uh, it feels very much like no hill has a like a very clear view of what this game is supposed to be or what like he thinks this game is going to be and is like drafting for it like you look at how many dps he signed there has to be a plan in mind i don't think anybody with his pedigree of success doesn't come in half cocked right yeah the plan in mind is that um that he wants to have the flexibility to play whatever he needs to in a DPS meta because I think we all know DPS will be important in Overwatch 2 at least mm-hmm. we all we all think it will be like more so than Overwatch 1 is what we're saying yep um, and he wants to be as stacked as possible in DPS to try and make up for that or trying to you know mm-hmm. be in a position to um, have what it takes to do well in a DPS dominant kind yep. of game but I, I still think that I was actually, and again, I was super surprised that they went towards a fourth DPS. Like to me, that didn't yeah. make a lot of sense. It does if you're a team like Dallas with a bigger budget, sure, and you're known for bigger teams, um, you know. But but if you're a team like Valiant, who last year you were on the most minimum of minimum budgets that is ab- absolutely possible, mm-hmm. it's wild that you'd go for a fourth DPS. So, um. Not too sure on that. Whereas tank seemed to be more important. Like if I was No Hill, again, I don't know his full plan, and I don't know everybody that's on this team. He surely hasn't mm-hmm. announced them all. But I would have imagined that getting a strong tank would have been a priority at this stage. So we play the drafting yeah. game, you know. If I was yeah. playing the drafting game as Valiant, they'd be like, I got three DPS, I got two supports. Mm-hmm. I need some good tanks. That's what I need right now. And I feel like Sashin's an interesting start. I don't know that I feel great about it. I think mm-hmm. there are better options. I just hope that uh, those options are within reach of No Hill. Agreed. Um, I, th- I think I, I agree wholeheartedly that there's probably needs to be somebody else. I don't know that I would place, I would go all in on somebody who has you know great trials or has played in tier three, if Sashin's even done that much. Um, I think, I think I know, or I think I would be safer in No Hill's position if we had a little bit more redundancy. And it seems like that's something okay. that he values quite highly, right? Um, however, I'm of the opinion that I think he's very tunneled in on mechanics. He wants to be mechanically proficient to like the value of his budget. And I don't think he's going to go with a main tank. I think he's probably going to sign another off tank. And I have to imagine it's probably going to be a Chinese off tank. So I'm looking at somebody like, yeah, and and, it, and then you're really getting 
in there, right? Like it's not necessarily a role that like screams depth. Or bringing Shocheng back, bring him back. Pretty much. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, it kind of fits the bill. And anybody who knows me, Kenobi, I'm kind of speaking to you here, brother in the bottom left. Bottom right. Not a big fan. Bottom right. Whatever. Forgive me. Um, I was never a gigantic fan. That was off of like a few seasons of play. Maybe he's improved, but that would that would feel somebody who is, has mechanical experience playing high high skill DPS heroes transitions into like a tank position. If No Hill thinks that this game is going to be as mechanically intensive as at least the roster like messages to me, that would feel like Can I, kind of the next step. I will say that the rapport that Wu Hill is moving to full-time coaching position is actually great, considering Sashin apparently being rumored to play. Because if he wasn't, then your tank line for the handling for this year is literally Wu Hill Sashin, which I don't feel great about. I'd be fine for one of these players to pair with a main tank player or somebody else that has a bit more firepower. Mm-hmm. But if it was a Sashin Wu Hell duo, because you're not getting a third tank, there's, you're short. Yeah. There's only Hangzhou have a third tank, and that's because they just happen to have three. It's, I don't think they. Yeah. I th- I, if they were starting from scratch, I don't think you would choose to have three. They just happen to already have three. Yeah. Um, I don't think Valiant would go for three tanks, so they'd literally be stuck on Sashin Wu Hell, which would suck. So yeah. now it's Sashin, and you're just hoping No Hill gets another tank that has a bit more bite, because Sashin's been out of the game for a while, and he was reasonable on Hangzhou, but not a standout player. Mm-hmm. Guy was benched for Rhea for a long time as well. I mean, what did Sashin really play? Zarya? You know, it's just, yeah. we need more, we need more. And I, I think, like, any talk about, oh, yeah, he played Genji, it's like, what? Yeah, years four, ago at this point four bro. DPS. It's, not even, it's not even relevant like anything yeah. session plays outside of tank is not even relevant because it's the, those positions have been covered mm-hmm. like it would make more sense if they were going to have becky on both dps and tank i'm not saying they should or they will but like yeah if a dps if a flex dps player is like oh i'm going to be covering the is going to be covering zarya on washington i'd be like well okay that makes a bit of sense you know if you said that to me that makes more sense than somebody saying oh session's going to be covering a bit against you i'm like why like you have a Genji player, so what, what what's he doing there? Um, yeah, not the best player announcement. It's not actually a player announcement. Not the best rumor to uh, wake up to if you're no. Tay or any other remaining Valiant fan. You're starting to have high hopes for this team. I still think the hopes aren't dashed. They're not crushed, Mm-mm. but you need to see another tank come in that was a bit more exciting. Can you imagine? And this would be like dream scenario i can't speak for no hill but i feel like this is like up his alley can you imagine if they fleeced the spark for liga i mean chengdu would be raging if that happened <laughs> there's no way i don't know how no way valiant could get him over chengdu if, if liga was for sale at any point chengdu mm. would be in there first with twice the amount of money as valiant could ever imagine i wouldn't ima- you'd have to imagine right the only reason why you would potentially in that exchange see Liga go to Valiant instead of Chengdu is if Hanjo Spark played mm. the G2 Carlos hand and said, yes. nah, I'm not giving you to Fnatic. I'm just not. No. <laughs> you <laughs> get to go gonna, to Valiant. I'm just not going to sell you to Chengdu, actually. So yep. <laughs> he just does Which that. Which isn't a terrible move. Like, it makes sense. You don't want 
the the if it, I mean, granted, you'd have to. There, this is a couple chess moves ahead, but like if you think that Chengdu could win a, like a stage title, right? Like if if we're really confident that this is a strong team, giving them a piece like Liga only makes them stronger, right? So if Liga is yes. really itching to get out, which we don't know that he is, maybe he's totally cool playing with the spark. That could very well be a possibility. But if hypothetically he was supposed to leave, it would be who of the spark to say, cool, you don't want to be in here more. You're going to the Valiant. They would sooner sell. Sense. They would sooner sell Bernard to the Valiant. Why sure, would you keep yeah. Bernard over Liga? Do you know what I mean? Like they would sooner Agreed. sell Bernard than Liga. Is my take on that. Anyway, Agreed. the problem is the problem is that, like in selling Liga to Valiant, you now have given what you thought was Astralis in in the LAC to to a team that will probably reliably beat you. Like. <laughs> yeah regardless like they're of your class like yeah. if not just as touch lower depending on how things shake out yeah like this is tough i don't yeah, know you guys didn't, you didn't sell you didn't sell to fanatic but you did a you did a great job of helping mad lions <laughs> assemble their super team yes yeah. right. exactly yeah listen i'm just trying to get team cc back together boys all right you got dia you got no hill let's get liga back you know Trying to get some more competitive teams. I don't know. Sure. All right, what do you mean? You're super rich on Hangzhou already. You do it the other way. Put them all on Hangzhou. Sure. Super rich yeah, league together on Hangzhou. Gaga's, Gaga's on Chengdu with Huawei. <laughs> They've actually got two players each. Yeah. Innovation Dia on one team. Huawei Gaga on one team. And Super Rich League on the third team. Mm -hmm. So, in my mind, I think... Okay, here, here. controversial take. I, I think a lot of people will probably think that's stupid, but I think Gaga is probably skilled enough to be the only tank. I would think so. I would trust that he's of the caliber of player that could potentially pilot both roles. Yeah. So I don't, there's not too many other people outside of that though. Maybe fate. Mm. Maybe. I mean, like, of the off tanks, I actually trust a lot of off tanks to be capable of taking up the main tank. I think I you will you won't see Void having an issue. I don't think you will see um, like Fury having an issue, especially if we're getting more fraggy like main tanks. Like oh, keep fraggy. in mind, get fraggy back. Keep in mind, like if if everything is like double fi fire strike, like massive movement. Mm -hmm. um, difference th uh, gameplay then main tanks are moving more to main tank status than off tanks will likely transition to off tanks, uh, to main tank status so theoretically speaking like i not just because i generally think the role of off tank is more stacked than main tank but also just like how i see this game panning out i feel like off tanks are going to be the big winners of the main tank off tank battle with notable exceptions i think for instance someone like super is probably going to um do well on on sure. the main tank position um i could okay maybe you're going to think i'm insane but i think someone like mac will probably do well um i okay. think yeah uh but, 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 who else is a top main tank in the Overwatch League. Smurf, Smurf is probably going to yeah. do well. Yep. Agreed. And I think that's, who do you that's think, it. Who do you think will do bad? 
I feel like there's one name I can I can shoot at you that I feel like I'm that will do poorly. Okay, I think will will be a hot take. Is it that crazy to think that Fearless might struggle? Granted, they have Hanbin, right? No, like they're just going to start Hanbin, but I really don't think he that. he won't struggle, but he also won't play because Hanbin exists. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I think I that's that's what's happening. Yes. Um, I agree. Wow. I don't like. Oh, Man, Unless I really don't want to shit on the guy because, like, he already gets so much unjustified criticism and people actually don't realize that he carried his team last year. But I think Gator is going to have a hard time against Hawk as well. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, like Gator might effectively just be head coaching that team next year in practical. That's, that's, that's what I think is, like, going to be important for them is that because he's been pushed as like this big vocal voice and because like the coaching staff are granted like the players and the coaching staff i guess have been so like colorful in the way that they view the game i think he stays and i think they build around him i think they're going to kind of like do their own thing i can see atlanta doing that like very hard while everybody's playing like this crazy new off tank or like trying to like push to like these crazy diva buffs or whatever the hell we get um I can see Atlanta being like very traditional almost in some of the things that they do or finding what Gator's very strong with in this new like platform and running with that. I don't think you want to let that go. So, um, moving on, unless anybody has any thoughts about Session or Wuhiao or Valiant. We talk about the Valiant a lot on this podcast, actually. We talk about them quite a decent yeah. amount. Uh, they like drip feed content, you know? They do. Well, they don't even do that. They somehow they drip. They drip it to Halo, who then drips it yeah. publicly, and then we get that. So cool. Uh, we do it for the Chinese fans, obviously, as Eric is saying. You know, they they like getting <laughs> updates about the Valiant. So it'd be interesting though if they do that. Uh, two tournaments are coming up, mm. which are quite interesting. Now we just had two tournaments. Is the Mayhem Classic finished? I think it might be. We just had two tournaments in Overwatch 1. It's crazy how in, in March now, we're getting this like uptick of events in Overwatch 1. Kind of weird. Uh, March, February. But we just had Empowerment Cup. Just had Mayhem Classic. Recently announced is Shock versus O2 Blast show match. Okay, that's not a tournament, but it's a, it's a thing. We'll talk about that one first. So, some time ago... Um, there was an announcement from NRG Corey, if you don't know who NRG Corey is, he's the vice president of the San Francisco Shock, and he also obviously works for NRG, who is the uh, parent company. And he said they were gonna, they were looking to put together a show match between Shock and O2, who'd be keen on that, and everyone's like, ooh, that sounds pretty good. Um, and now that's been announced, and it's happening on Friday, March 11th at 4pm Pacific. No, so I'll not. be down on youtube.com slash sfshock and for anyone wondering, no, it's not going to be Overwatch 2 it will not be Overwatch 2, this is going to be on Overwatch 1 mm-hmm. but what we don't know is is it going to be on 6v6 or are they going to play on the yeah. 5v5 workshop code I assume it'll be 6v6 because yeah. I had heard that the workshop code while good is still scuffed and I sure. don't know how keen shock would be to show scuffed workshop 
when they can just play 6v6, which works, and everyone's familiar mm-hmm. with. So they're going to be playing with um, their current rosters, so Shock's current roster versus O2 Blast's current roster. However, have Shock announced 6th player? They have, right? Oh, they do. They actually do have 6th player. So they can actually play... It's got to say, if they don't have 6th players, they have to like make a rapid announcement. Um, so they can... They actually have... They have 3 DPS, 1 tank, yeah. 2 support, which means one of the... DPS needs to go tank. That'll be interesting. Um, and they are going to be playing against O2 Blast with their new rosters. And O2 Blast recently picked up some heavy hitters like Heesang, where, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, Heesang is currently underage. But Heesang, next to Speedily, I would say are the, are the, the top the two. two contenders players that are underage and have not been picked up in Overwatch League because mm-hmm. they're underage. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee you, Speedily and Heesang will be in the league next year because they're fucking dynamite. These two guys. Are so good. What Speedly from NA, He sang from Korea. If I'm going to be biased, I think He sang is better because you know Korea, whatever. But it's just my APAC bias showing. Uh, yeah. So you got the new uh, Spectre joined as well. Mm. Uh, Max Jump and Phase still there. They got Aiden and Ho One, who are the new support line. Probably a bit of a downgrade from Vindame and Vindame Chio plus Finn. I mean, that's a fucking incredible. All three of those supports went to the Overwatch League just to show you how good that was. So, yeah. It'd be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how seriously they're going to take it. I can imagine if you're O2 Blast, you're going to take it fucking seriously because if you're the tier mm-hmm. 2 team, you want to beat the Overwatch League team. Yeah. So, that's going to be interesting. At this point, not to, not to, you know, undermine your point, Avril, but it's like, I don't know that the community really cares. I think they just want something to, like, feel good about right and i think this is one of those things that's like i will i will always support teams uh and tune in and try to you know view i'm i'm really eyeing some of that that uh shock o2 like collaborative merch it's it's kind of a a touching point in history get to celebrate the the academy start if you will um for you know one of the dynasties of the overwatch league era um this is this is an event that i think more teams i wish more teams would put more like uh weight into getting out there putting your team out there showing the first looks you know people are going to be excited to see what these players look like they you know either they haven't watched them in contenders or they have and they want to see them play with their new squad against their old squad like it's it's fun it's something to do especially in a drought i hope we continue to see this um credit to the shock uh gladiators the florida mayhem obviously that goes without saying um i think soul's done some in the past like i want more and more of these teams some of the apac teams as well i, I get shout outs to them shanghai 100 like more teams need to be doing this and we're seeing an increase in that but i hope it continues you didn't even mention mayhem who do the mayhem classic no i yeah. i'm that's again that goes without saying How florida them? mayhem for sure down to them so actually based on the wording i think this game already got played nrg Corey says the first look at the 2022 roster competing together, this was originally going to be cut down for YouTube, but the matches were so fun and so hype, we decided to air it in its entirety with casters and everything. More details soon, and also, no, I, I was not one of the casters, so uh, I'm, I'm not coming from a perspective where I'm like, I've already seen the game. I don't know. But it sounds like they've already recorded it. It's already that they're just mm-hmm. up, waiting to upload it to YouTube or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um... The, I, I think the entire idea is 
nice. It's just like recorded footage and trying to get cast as hype is like, I don't know, man. I understand why you have to do it because like, what if like Autoblast just like ruffle stomps you? Do you really want to have that type of image like uh, in there? Even though I don't think that would ever happen in the current iterations of the roster, but like the theoretical situation that your contenders team stomps you your main team is a problem in in the optics, right? Um, so yeah. <laughs> so they, so it's all, it's all done behind the scenes. Uh, they're paid players, and they get the map five and all two blasts. They're just told to lose. They're just like, okay, you have to lose for us because uh, <laughs> yeah. can't can't have you guys winning this match. <laughs> it's already yeah. happened. It's already done. Yeah. I mean, for all we know, probably like. Behind the scenes, this has been done about three dozen times, but like the Overwatch teams just keep losing. <laughs> You're saying like they've they've played the same BO5 like yeah. times, and they just they just pick the one BO5 and show the one where Shock win instead of O2 Blast. Yeah, yeah, that's actually. Smart. I guess I guess that's you really could smart. do that, but that would be that, that's yeah. some void pill shit. Yeah, it's not live. You really got to be cynical. It it sounds like this is not they're not playing it live. This is pre-recorded. No. So yeah, just saying. Like it's if if ATL Academy against AT proper in season three would have happened that way, that episode is never airing. <laughs> oh yeah, because I mean, Atlanta Academy beat Atlanta rain so much. Yeah. They beat everybody. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other the other match. This one actually is a tournament. Project Sunflower. Now, Monkey Bubble, if you don't know who Monkey Bubble, but Monkey Bubble are, they are a broadcast company who um, have produced the contenders NA and EU broadcast in the last year. So they've done mm -hmm. a bunch of tier two contender stuff. They've done, I believe they did Mayhem Classic as well. They've done a whole bunch of different other tier two stuff and they've done a lot of Overwatch productions over the past X amount of years. And they have announced a tournament called Project Sunflower, which mm -hmm. is a tournament to raise money for Care Ukraine Crisis Fund. That's the name of the charity. Obviously, based on the name, the coloring, and all that, it is a fundraiser to support the ongoing crisis in Ukraine and mm -hmm. lend support financially and monetarily to the citizens of Ukraine. So it's a, it's a contribution in a way that we, people, just people outside of Ukraine can help and have a, towards a meaningful cause. So they're doing a charity tournament. I believe it will take place over a single day. There's going to be something like eight or so tier two teams across, I have to assume, NA and EU, maybe just mm. NA, I'm not sure. Um, but the interesting thing is they had rumored that they might be doing an Overwatch League show match and what that means is two overwatch league play teams we don't know who they are mm -hmm. may be playing in a show match against each other so it's different to and i think this might actually be live and this okay. is different to the shock o2 thing because that's an overwatch league team playing against their respective academy mm -hmm. this is two separate overwatch league teams playing in 6v6 again i, I have to assume it's 6v6 right no i i mean i won't how to put this um a it's more content shout out to monkey bubble credit to them um 
there, there's a lot of love and, and work that gets put in behind the scenes there. Um, I get to hear like small bits of it from time to time. I know they do great things. Um, I also uh, would, would urge and hopefully push some of our viewers into, into supporting this. It's for a good cause. Obviously I don't think I need to explain what's going on. I think everybody's well aware. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see if the rumor is true that we do get to see some Overwatch League teams, you know, participating. Um, that's also exciting. And I hope uh, hope that it goes off without a hitch. Again, more content's good content, especially in this drought. So shout out, or hats off to him, really. How do, you, how do you feel about two Overwatch League teams playing in a short exhibition? Because, I mean, I suppose... Better than nothing at this point. I suppose it has no impact on Overwatch 2, considering, no. you know, you're not leaking strats when you're about to play a new game, so... Yeah, I, Fuck it. Not, not gonna lie, it kind of feels like L plus ratio plus not even Overwatch 2. <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, it's, you... it's not super important to us, but it, I don't think it is content yes, for us. Right, this is, it's, it's this or nothing. Yes. So you can have this or you can have nothing. What do you want? <sighs> See... This is pretty close. No, okay, I'm not gonna be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, okay, I guess. I want to make a joke so bad. <laughs> I just can't bring myself to do it. I really can't. Yeah, this I, is I. This is not content I care about. No, it's not, and that's okay. I care about it. I like. And it. that's that's fantastic. I'll probably tune in just to you know show a, a sign of you know good faith. I'm thinking about donating. Because it's something that I think is is uh, not only is it a humanitarian crisis, it's it's you know it's important to uh, without getting Wing. too deep into things like it, that's that's not a a comfortable situation to be in, and I feel for those people who have to uproot their lives and move because of the powers that be. So I, I, mean, I personally feel for that. I think it's just great to see the new teams. I think if anything, you, get a, you get a free first look at it. Overwatch League team, two of them. Three mm -hmm. of them, three of them either because Shock are playing in their own thing. Yep. Well, actually, I don't, maybe Shock playing this as well. I don't know, but let's just assume it's three different teams. Shock playing their own thing, then two different teams playing this. You get to mm -hmm. see three new Overwatch League teams in action. How cool would that be? Yeah. Um, it's it's we're starting to spool things up. It's time to get excited. Yes, it's not the most exciting thing. It's nor is it the most competitive, but it's better than nothing. Um, and you're sporting a good cause. I mean, you ain't going to see them playing Overwatch 2, even if they had it, yeah. so. Uh, They're probably taped up, NDA'd, you know, they've got some. We'll say, this is probably the lot, first and last for this year, mm. you're going to see the Overwatch League teams play some Overwatch 1 content, because as they start getting into Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 2 scrims, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time to play Overwatch 1 exhibitions anymore, so. Uh, get it while well, get it while you can, take it while it lasts because it's gonna be short and quick. You're gonna get to see a few teams and boom, it's done. I hope it's two similarly even teams for the exhibition because otherwise, you know, I would hate to see a roll. I would hate to see one team get memed on for losing against another team in an exhibition for Overwatch One. Mm. Now, that'd, that'd be quite sad. They get yeah. memed on for that, even though it doesn't really matter at all. No. I can't but, imagine people would do that, but I also can. Oh, dude, like, what do you mean you can't imagine? Of course they yeah. will. Yeah. And it's so goofy. Like, 
It's fun to meme <sighs> on them too, though. It is fun to meme because it is in in jest. But I feel like there are those who would genuinely believe because a team lost in a game that literally doesn't matter anymore. That therefore it should reflect on expectations yeah. coming into Overwatch Two. And, like, and I would also hope that they try the, yes, the players, agreed. the teams, and the players because yeah. it doesn't matter. No. So so why would you hold back? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you hold back? Just fucking play your hearts out. Do it for the fans. Because it's not going to impact your Overwatch 2, you know, results at all. So just go nuts. So I, I hope some for some good gameplay. And have Agreed. To, I, I, I think have we need assume, it. I have to assume it's from teams that are currently actively scrimming. Mm-hmm. So it can't, I assume it's not Korean teams. And it's not teams that are currently in Korea boot camping or just living there because they're from Korea. For, so, for example, there are definitely some North American teams that are not in NA right now because all their players are still in Korea. Um, you don't need me to tell you who they are. Just go on Liquipedia and have a look. I'm sure mm-hmm. you'll figure out which which teams are not currently in North America. So, if anything, it could be... It could be Shock that are currently that will be playing this match. Oh no, it can't be Shock. I think Shock have their Korean players in Korea and O2 Blaster in Korea, so they'd be playing Korean servers on Korean ping. So you got guys like Super Super would be a Super and Sam would be a fucking disgustingly bad ping. Probably well, not the worst, but bad ping in their show match. So it's got to be some NA teams, probably Florida and and who? Florida, maybe Vancouver. Is you think Glads might be ready? Maybe Glads. Maybe a London in in a yet. Maybe not. Mm. Mm. No Maybe idea. Not. I don't think Paris is either. No, it's I'm probably looking. Florida. I think Florida are probably playing. Yeah, I've seen they've they've they're, not only in NA. They're all in NA. Yeah. Is Majed in yet? Is there Majed in? I feel like that's like the big meme. Is like haha because your visa is delayed. Like you're not here yet. Oh, he'll just be on ping then, maybe. Yeah. Oh, so, rain. It could be rain. Rain could be playing. They're yeah. Like all that, in, they're all like six of them are fucking North American. Well, I think except that for Kai. Be... Kai's not. But... Yeah. That's a good show. Um, Some decent teams, though. Some exciting like yeah. prospects bro, to see bro, first give me, firsthand. Give me Glad's rain. Hulk, you imagine it was Glad's rain? If it was Glad's rain, Yiska might even watch. Yeah, I might. <laughs> Well, what if it was like Florida, Boston? Would you watch Florida, Boston? Here's my problem. I'm actually okay. I'm not. It's all about stakes, man. Like, well, inherently, show matches don't have a ton of stakes, bud. I mean, if there were bragging rights at least attached to it, there's no bragging rights. Like, oh, there will be bragging. They, what, what do you mean? Of course, there's bragging rights. Why how? Bragging? Like, they they might as well be playing Minesweeper in terms of like comparativeness <laughs> to to Overwatch Two next year. Like, they, they don't care that much anymore. I mean, let's be clear. Overwatch One is a lot closer to Overwatch Two than Minesweeper is. Yes. Just to be. Yeah, of course. A little bit charitable. I will say, I I would I. I think I would watch Overwatch League teams competing in games that are not Overwatch League. I think that would be fucking hilarious. It would be funny. I want to see the Glads versus Atlanta in Minesweeper. Team Minesweeper. Team Solitaire. Team Dead or Alive 4. I think that would be very funny. 
Okay. Well, do we have time for with that wrapped up? A little bit of uh, uh, some fencing. A little bit of GTFO. Okay. Okay. We, I think Get we got a couple off. fences. Get the um, fence off before we skedaddle. <laughs> um. If you would like to participate in our little uh, get off the fence segment where we take some questions from the community and uh, we mull it over and whatnot, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Um, any form of patronage will get you access to our discord or secret discord channel where you can put in your questions, talk to us, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, you put in a question, tag me. I'll throw it in my magical list of whatever the hell. And one day we will eventually get to it, much like we have these last few weeks. I think we've been pretty good on it. Um, also, we will be bringing back the Crouchies. Uh, tentatively scheduled for perhaps later this month. We will see. We will get you a better date uh, as we approach it. Um, and if you have a active patron subscription, and have an idea for a Crouchy Award. So like this kind of made up award that we do for the upcoming season or people that we're you know, nominating to win this award. Um, you can also leave that. And if they're, you know, good, we will uh, introduce them into the show. We'll, we'll be taking some suggestions on that front as well. With that out of the way, um, it's time to get off the fence, Jessica. Here's a fun one from One for All. Uh, get off the fence. If you made every Overwatch League represent a fast food joint slash restaurant, what would each team be? I don't God know that I'm going to ask you every team, but let's let's get like a good three or four. Give me three or four, and then Avril, I'll give you an opposite three or four. Mm. I mean, okay, Florida Mayhem being McDonald's is kind of obvious, right? Okay, um, with, the, with the previous skins. Makes sense. Let me... And not just the previous skins. It's just Florida like Mayhem. Uh, they're they're blue and pink now. Just so you know. Yeah, but like you know, they're they're sometimes good depending on the like special offers that they have, and then okay. sometimes they're just like straight up trash. Okay. Um, Lovely. And then what's trash at McDonald's? Like, give me your order. That's just like garbage. Like, what's the most garbage order you can get at McDonald's? The most garbage or I mean, yeah, it's, what's something that somebody orders and you just go, oh, the problem is that like sometimes you just like have an OG that's as reliable as an ice cream uh, machine. <laughs> <at McDonald's>. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but ah, it's 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 hard to come up with other. Uh, do you have one ready and we ping pong back and forth, Errol? I have multiple already. Okay. Uh, I, I, kinda, I kind of enjoy, I kind of want you to just do three and then I can just like, bam, bam, bam. Right. Okay. So it. let me, let me think of another. Um, mm, I, I, I don't know what counts as fast food chain. Like, what do you mean? It's like, it's like red lobster fast food chain. Probably not. Right. What's red lobster? It is a restaurant, so to to be fair to the question, one for all asked if you made every Overwatch League team represent a fast food joint slash restaurant. It's it might as well be fast food. I don't think it necessarily counts as fast food, but it does count as a restaurant. So I will give it to you. Um. Okay, so I I think Red Lobster is probably like something like. Hmm. The Los Angeles Gladiators. Like, 
overpriced, but not that good. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this was going to turn into throwing shade. At least you could get a bottle garden. At least they have good breadsticks. Oh my god. Nah. That, that's too obvious of one, right? Like, the, those connections. Um, <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Do I have another one? Let me think. I think Toronto defined as Domino's. Because, like, whenever I okay. order order on Domino's, it's like their pictures look very tasty, right? Like, it looks like it could be something. Okay, it could yeah. be going somewhere. And then you get that piece of shit pizza, and it always sucks. And it always leaves you, like, <laughs> completely, like, like wanting, like, more. And, like, this had a potential. Like, on, on paper, this is a good recipe. But it, like, it's just, like, greasy and shit. Like, it's it's not what it's supposed to be, man. That's my three. That sounds that sounds like more like McDonald's to me, but fair enough. That is three. I did ask for three. Avril, I'm gonna ask you for three Overwatch League yeah. teams and their fast food slash restaurant counterparts. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna answer in a way that everyone's gonna hate. Everyone's gonna hate me for these answers. You All ready? Right. Here we go. I am. Vancouver, Pizza Hut, Dallas Field. Jack in the box. Oh, come on. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, they already oh. are tied. San Francisco shock McDonald's. <laughs> All right. I'm going to need some explanations Atlanta, on these first. Atlanta okay. rain. Also McDonald's. <laughs> Florida, Florida mayhem. Zaxby's. Good, good. Do I need to explain these? I feel these like these are all no, Joe. Come on! I think some of them, some of them make a lot of sense, but then there are some of them I'm just Joe. like, I am not Joe. understanding this. What do you mean? They are sponsored it's by these organizations. They are direct sponsors. Oh. <laughs> Joe didn't know that. Joe didn't True. know that. <gasps> no, I knew face? that. I just forgot. Joe just like he did the O face, like oh, oh I forgot. <laughs> don't don't I, let me. I just named five teams and their respective fast food sponsor. Yep. Don't what I just did. Don't don't let any marketing ex executive let let Joe see this because like this guy is very obviously a con consumer of those products while also not being at all aware which team is advertising for which company, which means their marketing doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take that, so we're moving on to the next question. I got, I got uh, one. I got one that. I got, okay, actually, one can I just do one that like yeah. I think. This this is this is this is not one where I'm cheating and it's just like oh yeah the team is sponsored by this fast food brand right. this is more along the lines of what Yisk is doing but I've only got one because I've already done like five teams I'm like I'm not gonna waste people's time any longer five guys LA Gladiators and the reason for that is I've only had five, and this is something I've actually had this is one of those American fast foods that one of the few that I've had the reason I say that is because the one time I had five guys like looks really good. Tastes pretty good, but kind of leaves you really fucking greasy. It's just like fuck. I just ate. I ate a tub of oil. I don't feel. I feel like I've just binged on it. You know, uh, you can't like you can't eat again for the rest of the day because it's just it just stays in your stomach. And the reason why I say LA Gladiators is because I think they have that attractive quality, but you know, then you look at last year and it just doesn't go down well. You know, like ah oh, shit. Just lost to McDonald's, lost Atlanta Rain, didn't make it further. 
had a pretty rough three tournaments before they got to the Countdown Cup. You know, feels good when you're eating it. Then when you're digesting, you're like, fuck, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> Shit, I trusted the Glads again. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Now, who's the Chipotle of... Come on, come on, Joe. Get, like, which team would, never would it be? Chipotle. Okay, so somebody who's like fast food, but like feigning fresh, feigning quality. Um, and gives you the wildest shit. I don't... I I don't get big shits from uh actually that's not true. If I get the hot stuff, I have white boy appetite, boys and girls. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. I have a white boy palate, and if the things are a little too spicy, then homies on the toilet for at least a couple hours. And I'm not kidding. Um, Taco Bell. Uh, Taco Bell, not so much. Taco Bell isn't that spicy. I can gauge myself with Taco Bell. The level of like parity between heats like uh, signatures in Chipotle. There, there's some levels to that shit. It's like cut like an onion. Um, I would say Chipotle to me represents Toronto. The way that you describe Toronto, where they're like feigning, like everything looks fresh, everything looks good. You can see it, you can kind of see them prepare the food in front of you. It's all fresh, like everything's everything's you know cooked to order almost. And then you get it and it just kind of like you eat it and it kind of tastes good for a little bit. Like it's it's mediocre, it's edible, it's it's pretty good, and then it just sits on you and it just like sits really heavy and you just feel like dog shit afterwards. Um, yeah, I would probably say that's Toronto for me. Chipotle in toronto uh any any last ones before we uh move on to the next one mm. i will take that silence as a no um i got one. One. one okay last one um la valiant where uh old la valiant is like subway pre jared or subway when jared was there and then new valiant is when we found out Jared was a pedophile. I was like, fuck, they broke my trust. Fuck Valiant. They broke my trust. Are they rebuilding it with a little bit of no hill magic? Yeah, I'm I'm gaining more trust back in in, in some way now. Uh they mostly don't get my orders wrong when I'm in person. <laughs> so Fair. it's an improvement. It's an improvement. <laughs> that I mean, hey, as long as you're getting what you ordered on your five dollar foot long, then can you really go wrong? Do they have that elsewhere? I wonder. Anyways. Oh, uh, $5. Uh, here's one from... Uh, let's do Rex Zane. Because I think this one's a little bit more uh, brain stimulating. Not to say that One for Alls wasn't. Um, but Rex Zane approaches us with a question about VR stadiums. He asks, or they ask, uh, VR stadiums in esports events or live events. Ignoring the accessibility argument, I want to hear arguments around what would be more beneficial to attract monetizable and marketing viewership. So looking at the differences between VR stadiums, esports events, or VR stadium esports events or live events. Bro, stop giving Microsoft ideas. Right? This metaverse shit, stop it, please. My brain hurts. Nah, it's already <laughs> over. That's the reason they're acquiring Blizzard in the first place. <laughs> Microsoft like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> VR events, I mean, first of all, I'm not going to lie. VR headsets make me dizzy. Really do. I can't wear them for like more than two minutes. I start getting nauseous. Real deal. I don't know what it is. My brain can't handle being in a virtual world where like I'm moving, but my feet are standing still. And my brain can't tell the difference between like it 
it seeing that I'm moving, but knowing that I'm standing still, and and that mind fuck, like malfunctions my brain. I can't do it. Mm. So, in my mind, no, 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 I think what the issue to describing is probably just a technical thing that will eventually be figured out. But I recognize that that this is an ongoing issue. My my question is like, when does that need to be effective? Like, there's no doubt in my mind that this will eventually be the case uh, as the it's, predominant form of entertainment that we will be consuming. Question, question. It's like, is is a VR experience a better viewing experience than just watching the broadcast? Because, I mean, short answer is it could be, as the potential mm -hmm. to be right. But yeah. at the end of the day, you are still watching the broadcast. I have to imagine. I mean, maybe you can get more creative, but let's break it under different levels. Initial reaction would be you are in a virtual stadium sitting next to some virtual buddies maybe mm -hmm. and watching a stage and watching a game and on the stage you see a screen and on that screen is a small version of what you'd just be watching at home if you just turn on Twitch or YouTube right mm -hmm. so at, at that level at that level I'm like is it really that better of a viewing experience it's probably a bit more social but is it more yeah. social than just sitting in Discord with your buddies and watching YouTube anyway now here's a second part, um, and you know this is the more interesting side of that. You could also say that, or a more creative way to view it would be, you know, you're not just in a virtual stadium watching a virtual monitor, which is the same as the YouTube stream. Yep. You could be mm -hmm. in the game. Maybe you yes. could be. Maybe they could like do something more creative and integrate you in the game. Maybe you could be like watching top down and going between different POVs and just. I don't know, doing something crazier. Uh, but even then, that still just feels like, you know, a little bit of what the in-client viewing was at one stage. Didn't we have that? Do we have the in-client viewing at one stage? Um, and then we had, um, we obviously had the Twitch um, pass. It was some like deluxe pass, right? Where you get to choose yeah, POVs. But... So... It's still just kind of that again, you know. It, it, it have to be more creative. It have to be so creative that I can't even imagine what it is, and it's just too cool. It'd be too has to be too cool not to do. Yeah. And then I'd believe in it, and then I'd be like, all right, well, that's just too cool. The the question is, is if a game like Overwatch is the best way to do this. Um, I think there's legitimately ways where you could design games with the premise that it's going to be played and consumed in VR. Um, and I think, sure. I think the general idea is like it, it, in my mind, the, as soon as it works, it's unbeatable. The scalability of it is nuts, right? Like, um, and the ability to get like, be creative. I'll, I'll straight up tell you the potential that I saw during like one of these Travis Scott, um, Mm -hmm. Fortnite, uh, Fortnite um, concerts blew every single concert I've ever been at out of the water by four or five times, uh, four, four or five magnitudes. Like, holy fuck, our co concerts absolutely boring in terms of the creative freedom that they offer in comparison to what is theoretically possible and what to a decent degree was uh, simulated there with completely being able to uh, break um gravitational barriers like tame uh, space time 
Um, like basically, like all the laws of physics don't matter. And what can a creative mind do with that, right? And theoretically, that is the the dimension people should think in. And honestly, like to a degree, I think people lack vision when they don't understand that the metaverse is inevitable. Because that, like the way and the ability to tap into the expansion of their experience is maybe not easy to see, but like you you once someone has produced something that sort of vibes with you, you understand that there's like a door waiting to be kicked in that is nothing like you've ever watched before, right? And I think like Overwatch mode might not be a great game for that. In my mind, it would probably be an arena. Uh, you'd, you'd be in a virtual space, whatever. Like maybe you'd log into a lobby with X amount of people that uh, you want to be inside there. You would have site uh, activities, much like a, in a game. Those would um, probably exceed the functionality of, of usual side games. Um, you would be able to watch the action synchronized with your friends. You would probably be sort of part of the map. Um, you would have the ability to like stop and start the the action. Um, maybe I don't know. Like, there's so much that theoretically could be the case. Like, you could transport facial features of the players onto their characters to to a degree. Um, everything to make just make it a little bit um, more. I want to say something cursed. This like. It's it's very challenging to explain, but this is something that probably will take some time to develop to a satisfactory degree. I think like being early to it is sort of like a good idea. It's always mm-hmm. like it's always been the reason why I thought like going in on a location-based league is going to be weird in twenty. Like judging from what I understand or think what we will be or where we will be at in 20 or 30 years um, and how we will interact. I think there's an argument to be made that we are going to have this in AR more so than anything. So theoretically think of like just wearing AR goggles, being in a public space, but while being able to interact with your friends in the AR space while sitting at a bar, theoretically not impossible either. Um, And having unique experiences there uh, connected, but not to everyone in that physical space. I don't know. the 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 potential is endless, and it it like that's why it it's going to be interesting getting creative minds like developers on it and uh, people that have the technical ability to program an- engines towards that. But eventually, it's going to be so normalized that it it's almost inevitable. There's too much money now. Dude, everyone and their mom is p- buying a game studio in order to race to, uh, like, predominance in in uh, in the metaversal sense, right? It is happening. Mm. It's inevitable to happen, and to a certain degree, I think there will be something for everyone. It it's not going to be okay. This is put this on my gravestone. It's not going to be as a dystopian of an experience as we would expect it from this point of the future. But yeah, like I, I totally believe in the ability to bridge gaps. Like there's there's a ton of functionality that could be super sweet. Like 
think down the line, like maybe that busts language barriers because there's live translation towards you mm. with the community, right? Like speech to speech live translation uh, um, and whatnot, right? Like, yes, that's far down the line thinking, but what does that do to the global uh, community? What does it like? What does it mean about state lines, right? Like the the ability of that technology to, which like the internet has already done. But I feel like people lack vision or creativity when they don't see that this absolutely has the potential to be as transformative of an experience as the internet was. So, um, if you want to be part of that, and there's something to be said about not wanting to be the earliest adopter because. It's unlikely that you're going to nail it, like without anyone having like sort of like thrown too much money at it without getting uh, solid returns for it. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's just my take on it. I've seen Ready Player One. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Not about it. Uh, Are ready for the Oasis? <laughs> no, dude. I, that's. I I just don't think it could be ever as good as. Maybe my maybe I'm just thinking too limited here, too narrow, but. I still think the predominant prime experience would be in person. Like if you could buy it, you could physically be in a venue in person with mm -hmm. real people around you, with the players in front of you and with yeah. all the other activities that come with going to an event like that. Cause it's not just about watching the game to me. I can't see anything being better than that. Cause that's real human interaction. Like by the time mm -hmm. we get to the metaverse and we get to Oasis, that we joke about people being terminally online, not touching grass now, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> you get to that level, you got people literally having their brains in a pickle jar. Like it's, yes. it's over. It's over. Like mm -hmm. I meme about people not touching grass as it is. It's, it'll be fucking way worse with the metaverse. So I'm just, I'm scared. I've never. Uh, I, I must say I have a certain bias because I've never been at an esports event. And not felt the audience wasn't in, in the way of my enjoyment, rather than enhancing it. Yeah, but you're antisocial, so you don't like people. That's not it's true different. either. Like I just hate. <laughs> like there's nothing less, like n nothing more scary and like more off-putting than a crowd of people. Holy fuck, is that like just oh. like un like oh. go to gaming <laughs> events, bro, and like without nose plugs. It's ab absolutely impossible still in 2022. Like, I just bring nose plugs in. Go, going What's to Gamescom was one of the worst experiences. I, I, I've been like three or four times. It was never you know worth what? it. I hope, I hope in the metaverse, it's like 4D and they like, like, I don't know, like a smell comes out of your fucking PS5 controller or your PlayStation 10 controller and it's just a bad smell of like what that person would smell like. You know? Just bad to keep it real. Five. Just yeah. to keep it real. No, but I... I, I Last thing I'll say on this, I've a cursed, I've a cursed integration that everyone's gonna love hate. You're actually just all gonna hate it. Okay. But like, I was, I was listening to Yiska, my brain was turning. I was like, I was thinking, I was like, that'd be interesting. What would be really bad would be fan integration in a metaversal VR kind of way, where a fan could spend real world money to impact the game, and then they give their team an advantage. And then esports oh, and all competition becomes literal pay to win. Pay to win esports. Where the fans literally pay money to help their team win. And then whichever team just has more fans paying money just wins. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Oasis. That's Ready Player One. 
Can we at least do like esports tainment first? Can we just have fake esports for the drama, for the lulls? It's no. real to me, goddammit. But <laughs> at least as long as we get that first and then we get pay to win esports, I'm okay with that. I th I think like much less than like a matrix experience, what's likely going to ha happen is that we're going to in our lifetime marry athleticism and esports and it's going to become indistinguishable. Like like I can almost tell you, your grandchildren or your grand-grandchildren will sit there and go like, wait, you just threw a ball around like on a, in a three-dimensional space and like everyone was sweaty and like hum the hot dogs were shit and, and stuff. Mm. Like it's, it's going to be, I now we can like still the physicality of the sport is there in the sense that people mm. have to be athletic and there's probably some translation of physical fitness into the virtual experience but it's going to be enhanced by like you know you now can have i don't know like football with that, uh, a jetpack on you know like that, that sounds so terminally online that here's a fun fact i actually plan that when i start my own family um i'm gonna do an amish so we're actually <laughs> being an, we're gonna be an amish family with no technology and, and that way we can be terminally offline and we're just we're only touching grass. I think that would be a better outcome. Uh, I would sooner do that than live in a reality where what you just I mean, described is I, true. Are you are you convinced that you aren't already? Already what? Living in that reality. I'm not currently Amish. That's that's a long. That's my long. <laughs> no, plan. like I right can, now I'm still. Not. I, I can you say with absolute certainty that you aren't already locked into the Matrix, experiencing uh, this? I hate you. All oh, right, I, oh, you. I see what you just said. Stop trying to be Morpheus, okay? I know you're wanting to run around and hand people pills to take, right, but next, nobody's <laughs> taking them, right? Next, next white rabbit tattoo. I see. I'm following that. I'm following that to wherever it leads me. Get me out. Get me out. <laughs> Uh, I'm with Avril. I want to live on a farm. We're we're living to we're we're trying to make money to to escape. We're trying I mean, to get a farm in the middle of nowhere with a nice little babbling brook and a few books and some good company. No, look that that sound doesn't sound bad to me either. Like I'm totally fine unplugging and like not having that. That's just a different set of experiences. I can be both. I can be both a Amish and then go home. And like lock it, my prefrontal cortex into a machine. That's totally possible. I'm gonna find a deserted island, and then like populate that island. Um, <laughs> With what? Uh, but Amishly, in an Amish kind of way, no technology. That's Bro, it. That's what I'm gonna do. You saying that? Himself. I hope you have figured out the genetics there, because that sounded real bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> hey, we're talking VR. There's got to be something that we can do about this. All right, folks. Things ended up. Things ended up okay without any, you know, world. Exactly. The world ended up fine. All ended up fine. It's all good. So, it's fine. And you wanted to take out ribs anyway, right? For a certain time. <laughs> I know that was you. That was you, motherfucker. You were the one that community deemed would be the most likely to take out your own goddamn rib to snack on your own wiener. All right. What if don't come for this man? What if Adam did that and God was just like, ah, oh, you got don't gotta do it. Like I can't do something about don't that. Go, now that the rib is already it. out, like 
Are, I feel like at this point we need to kickstart our own Yiska's interpretation of the Bible. Yeah. I just like I just don't like the internet. I just think the internet was a mistake, and uh, life was better before the internet. So, and I think that's provably true as well. So that's a, I don't. I you think have a very only head into the... you have a very smart job choice, by the way. I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Dude, that's wild. And now I now I'm about to work for Microsoft. Isn't that crazy? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fine. I'm just gonna. F I'm doing this to fund my eventual. Amish exactly, retirement. Yes. That's all it is. That's all it is. Exactly. Retire Amish. How do just got to kick a ball around? What happened to just kicking a ball around? Why, why can't we just do that now? How is it you know? that someone living in Australia of all places is like keen on staying in nature? Isn't that just like... I actually hate nature. I actually, I'm a city go. person. Or I actually do not right. like nature at all. I dislike camping. I've done it. Dislike camping a lot. Me too. Somebody behind that's two main doors. The island plan actually doesn't sound very attractive at all. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know what? Like a nice, like babbling brook. I know, I know nice nothing. Cottage. I know nothing about building, like settlements. Nothing. <laughs> Only in like a video game. Fuck! I'm actually really bad at being Amish. Fuck! <laughs> I know nothing about living off the land. I've never grown a thing in my life. Plug back in, all yeah, right. There's the stake. What, what do you know about marrying your cousin, though? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. And with that. And with that, so that's good off the fence. That's the episode. Avril, back to you. And with that. Oh, we, we finished Get Off the Fence a while ago. I think we, we yeah, just like kind much. of slid into an outro. <laughs> um, 2.17. Fun times. All right. Next week. Uh, quick refresh twitter did did a big announcement happen no okay we're okay then see you next week when the big announcement will happen when everything you've ever wanted to know about overwatch 2 will finally happen or i convinced <laughs> or maybe you'll have to just wait till may the 5th and li you will literally know nothing until may 5th that could happen who knows we'll see you then we'll see you on may the 5th i'll see you next week for 218 thanks so much for joining in check you later